Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You guys are terrorists. <laughs> what happened? I'm not saying it. <laughs> Better not make it in the show. Uh, it's no, no, it's that ain't it. <laughs> That's okay. Where'd you guys send that? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> well, no, 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 it's 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 nothing know. that was sent. It was. It was I don't know what was already sent. It doesn't matter. It, it's just something that's in my own head. <laughs> Brian said I'm still in here in the in the private chat because I put him on timeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. Whenever you're ready, go ahead. All right. Well, welcome back to another uh Wisco Fanatics Friday night Packer episode. We got a couple clowns in here this week. Uh, Brian and Simon already bringing the energy. Uh, before we get to that, I wanted to say happy birthday to my mom. My mom's birthday is not till hey. Monday, but we won't be we won't be live then. So I wanted to say it on video. I love you, mom. Happy birthday! You guys watched that game last night, the Saints and Cardinals. Oh yeah, I was it watching was, the Bucks uh, game last night. That was I the was, most exciting Thursday night game of the year. I was yeah, also like watching seventy the something game. points. Yeah, that was a wild game. And he I will be. Too. Back pick sixes. So yeah. Tyler <laughs> put me onto a great Twitter account. Oh god. Uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Art to sports? Oh yeah, yeah. I art, saw uh, I saw you guys. Sports art, art. art but make it sports. Art but make it sports. <laughs> and they took a photo from that game last night. The Andy Dalton, you know, just standing there like what the heck's going on? And the guy diving in the end zone. Yeah. And they they put a photo next to it and it was like I, I, I don't know how this guy's finding all this art. Like this guy must be a genius or something to know all this stuff about art. <laughs> but it was it was perfect. And if you saw the the post, <laughs> Tyler took the photo that I sent to you guys yesterday, the video of Aaron Rodgers rubbing his nipples at practice, yeah. and he sent it to him. And the guy actually found art that's pretty close it. to it. <laughs> these are these are solid, actually. I was I'm, like, I there's, just... there's no way. It's art, but make it sports. Yeah, dude, they're good. They're good. I was what like, is... it's like this guy. This guy's good, man. Um, yeah. So I, I, if you do not follow that, please go check that out on Twitter. It's a, it's a great account. 
Um, the ones that are on there, like they're pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Like some of them are funny, some of them are like a little ridiculous, but some of them are actually really cool. The the uh, what do you talk? The picture on the front page is fuck is gold. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know these are funny. I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at when I look at art. Like I'm like, what does any of this mean? <laughs> these artists are like it means this and it means this i'm like that is not what i thought you were talking about buddy. represents this about society and how we all hate ourselves oh i'm like yeah that girl God. just has her nipple out so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> it's okay um, because it's art yeah. see see that's the thing i arts art is a that's a whole different level um you guys watch any basketball you guys watch the bucks no you guys basketball fans i don't watch i like basketball. Game, man. i pretty much wait until like Timberwolves, man yes and no i was a dallas mavericks fan to begin with because when i quick story story short before the wild moved back to uh minnesota i was a dallas fan because they used to be the north stars so then at that time i picked the dallas mavericks right around when they had berea and all you know all them around and that and norwitzki and then but i do like i do like the timberwolves but i'm not a huge basketball i don't watch all the time i will watch it especially later in the season and pushing towards the playoffs so I'll watch the playoffs. I used to be a little big – you guys will chastise me for this, but I used to be a big LeBron James fan, and then some of the stuff just got a little too political for my liking, and then I, so I Dude, backed I up. Literally, I literally got yeah. a tattoo for the guy. Yeah, so <laughs> – I love LeBron. Um, LeBron's been my guy yeah. forever, man. So, yeah. So I got – So I the wrong watched way. the playoffs. Yep. Okay, let me let Dwayne me tell you Wade this. Me. So Dwayne Wade, when LeBron and Dwayne Wade teamed up, that's how me and Tyler became best friends. Oh, nice. So LeBron and I mean, Dwayne Wade playing basketball together kind of created yeah. this podcast. Mm. Think about it that way. <laughs> I mean, there's a the there's decision. a little love story for you. <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of that, that's the worst hero <laughs> origin story you've ever heard. I sent, I sent you I sent you the picture from the art, but make it sports. <laughs> Oh no! I'm not looking right now. <laughs> no, no, it's a good, it's a good one because it has to be like what you were just talking about. Pull up Ron and Wade one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's oh, good. that's so good. <laughs> yeah, is that pretty good? <laughs> yeah. See, that's fire, man. Like, how does he? That's what I'm saying. This guy, this guy, like, I can get it on here nicely. He like studied art or something. Like, he knows so much. Yeah, yeah it's pretty that. crazy pretty how good. close they are. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. The saddest part about that photo is it happened against the Bucks. Yeah, you can and, see and that Milwaukee, in the Bradley Center. In, in Milwaukee Bucks, great Luke Richard and Bob Mute, mm. who couldn't make a goddamn 15-footer. Good God. That guy was frustrating for a long time. But anyways, we got some football to talk today, since this is the yes. Packers episode. We got some frustration to get out, I would say, <clears> with the, the Jets recap. Um, but then we're going to move on, because that's what we do around here, right? Yep. Yep, we'll find a couple positive takeaways uh, we're gonna ask we're gonna ask each other some questions um, for our recap mm-hmm. portion of the show, mm-hmm. and then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Commanders game. So um, I have the first star this week. Our number one star for the game this week was Jair Alexander. Um, he had three tackles, three passes defensed. Um, the Packers in this game actually nearly doubled their entire season total. They had six going into this game, and they came out of this game with eleven total. Um, and I do want to give. Jair Alexander, um, a good amount of credit for for his professionalism. So it's 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 a tough situation to express frustration with somebody, or to you know to want to make your opinion heard without sounding like a dick. 
And I think Jair Alexander has done a good job of being able to give Joe Barry his opinion without making it seem like he's a disgruntled star or that he's, you know, throwing a temper tantrum or whatever. So I do want to give Jair Alexander some credit for, for his professionalism as well. So, um, Bryant, I believe you have our second star. Yes, I do. And the second star is Robert Tunyon. So he had a pretty massive game. He went for 10 for 90, which actually the 10 receptions actually breaks a Packers franchise record for the most receptions by a tight end in a game. So I, you know, we've had some pretty solid tight ends like Michael Finley around, you know. So, Bubba um, Bubba yeah, Franks. Bubba Franks, oh, good old Bubba Franks, you know. King of the uh, Brandon, touchdown, baby. You know, Brandon Bostick, some other oh, no. all-time greats. Why, why you got to do that, man? <laughs> If you would have said Mark Schmerer after that sentence, I would have played. I, oh, I stopped at that one. <laughs> um, so, so his 10 receptions, four went for first downs. So that was pretty good. I was looking at those and it was pretty gross. So like you can see how gross the game was because he had receptions. One was on like a third and 23. Another one was on like a second and 16. And it's just, it was bad. Um, but so in the last three games, he's went off for 16 receptions on 18 targets. That's pretty good catch rate for 135 yards and a touchdown. So I really like the fact that he's kind of really showing up. So, yep. Yeah. And then it almost seems like uh, they can start calling some plays for him instead of, you know, just having him be the check down guy two yards away from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jake, you have a third star. I do. Yeah. I do have a third star. Um, and the third star is Rashawn Gary. Um, the guy falls in the ground, stands up, and Zach Wilson just falls right into his lap for another sack. Um, <laughs> on the season, Rashawn Gary has six sacks, so he's averaging a sack a game. So remember, in the in the preview for the season, I said 17 sacks. So if he keeps up at this pace of a sack a game, he will get to that number. Um, he did have a game where he didn't get a sack, the Giants game, but he had yeah. two against the Patriots, so that made up for that game. Um, he's just – He's everything. He's not bad for a bust. We can just leave it at that, right? Yeah. <laughs> not bad for a bust. Man, talk I, about- I was looking up our, our consensus numbers here. Just looking where I had them at. Got to go way back now. <laughs> I, I, I think I was him. pretty conservative for him. I had him at 13. Brian had him at 13 and a half. Um, Simon had him at 15. Jake, you had him at 15 oh, and a half, right. but I think your bold prediction was 17. Was 17. Still, 15 and a half would be a hell of a year, man. Think yeah. yeah. That. Wow. It's attainable. All right. So oh, Simon perfect. has the underrated performer from the Jets game. All right. I'm excited. Does anyone have any guesses? Uh, uh, I had one in my mind earlier. Wait, wait. Let me think of it. No. Uh, Kingsley Angabari. No. What about Kijan Nixon? No. I don't have a guess. Donald, I'm, you have a man crush on I'm coming in with no expectations. <laughs> no. All right. Newman. So, as oh, wait, tra- not, no, under, no. not underperformer, underrated. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> as trash as the offensive line was, oh, okay. this was David Bakhtiari's best game of the year. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Okay. So, Bakhtiari played 49 pass blocking snaps, gave up one pressure. He also faced Carl Lawson on 38 pass rushing snaps and only gave up a single hurry. So he had a really solid game. I think he was yeah. rated in the high 80s for pass blocking and run blocking. Yeah. At least a couple times during the game, I've seen him look back at Aaron Rodgers getting sacked and just like shake his head. 
Like, yeah, he he had a really solid game. If you go back and watch the game too, he held up his end of the bargain really well. You know, I, I really like the more the more important implication of that is that David Bakhtiari is healthy, and that gives them the luxury of being able to consider Yash Nyman for another tackle position and just being able to not have to keep Yash as like a reserve left tackle just in case. Um, now that we're getting into week seven, which was kind of where we were eyeing to have yeah. Bakhtiari playing full games was around week seven because people were saying, oh, he's not going to make it past week seven. And then he started on like a 50% snap count, and then he was at like 55, then he was at like 75, now he's playing 100% of snaps. Now he's playing 100% of snaps and performing well um, to the standard that we would have expected from David Bakhtiari, who we know is an all-pro. Um, so we're going to talk probably – Probably a nauseous amount about the offensive line tonight, but um, I do Hold think on. that that his one of the implications is that he gives the Packers the benefit of being able to move guys around. Do you know what his snap count percent was? <laughs> do you know what it was? Yeah. If I had to take a guess. <laughs> do you know what Rodgers was? 69. I was like, that's yeah. the best thing that came out of that goddamn game was a snap count percentage. <laughs> Everything else was talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this game All right. Um, I thought of you immediately when I before we, saw that, Tyler. <laughs> I found out today that there's a football team in Finland called the Helsinki 69ers, and that shit made my day. <laughs> we need t shirts, man. <laughs> I meant to look that up. Uh, I'm going to start watching their games. Hell yeah. Um, so. I don't know. Let's let's get into some questions here. So we're just gonna talk like what's going on with the Packers. Um, this is gonna involve some some recap stuff. This is gonna involve some trade stuff. Um, just some general stuff. So, um, Jake, I'm gonna let you ask the first question. Um, and we're just gonna kind of alternate here. So, um, Jake, I will let you kick it off. Okay, starting from the top, number two, right? Yep. Okay. So first question we have um, is. What has been the attitude in the locker room this week? So, for so, me, okay, go ahead. You, you want me to go first? I figured that's just how we go for it. I, I wrote a lot of stuff down because I, I watched all the interviews this week. So, that's that was my, my niche. So, thing, I'm, so. I'm just going to go off of what I've been seeing and what I've been hearing because it's all hearsay. I'm not in the locker room every day. But, um, all right, all the thing, or do we not know something? I know. I was thinking that too. I was like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anything, <laughs> No, no. Um, what what I've been seeing is, you know, uh, LaFleur is trying to have them loosen up a little bit, not feel, you know, the, the tension. You know, he talked about having fun. And, you know, you see the video today of uh, of Jair and the other corners and, and Stokes and Nixon, and they're all high-fiving and dancing at practice. And obviously, the, you know, I, I just said before, you see the video of Rodgers rubbing his nipples. It's like, all right. <laughs> This guy's clearly aren't taking three and three serious as as Bernard over here. Not to call you all Bernard, but I mean, <laughs> they're not taking it as serious as some of the fans, and the fans just need to need to understand how many quotes does Rogers need to have before you guys just chill the fuck out. Like I'm just gonna be like blunt about it. I got some. We we have the relax. You know, we have the run the table. I mean, do we need another one of those? And the worst part about that, you know, that I'm bringing that up is fans are mocking that now. Like, you're going to pretend that you didn't enjoy going on a run-the-table yeah. run with the team. Fuck you if you're going to mock that. Get away from my team. I don't need that energy. That's all I got to say about so, that. <clears throat> I potentially have the quote that you're looking for. Um, 
so Rodgers was asked by one of the reporters, He, the reporter asked him, what are your expectations that this team can be great? Without hesitation, not a snap second in between, Aaron Rodgers snapped back probably higher than yours. Yep. If Like, the fact that people still say that he's not a leader, that's such – it's it's bullshit nowadays that yeah. he's not a leader. Because you even got to the point where, like, we, we talked about it through the first five weeks that, you know, yeah, he's not, you know, cheering guys up on the sideline. And, um, you know, he talks to him during the week. And that's what we brought up as we brought up during the week. Like, hey, he's, he's hyping up his guys. He's saying, I really like Romeo. I really like what I'm seeing from Christian Watson. He's like, Randall Cobb looks good. He's like, Alan Lazard's my guy. He's talking literally everybody up during the week, but he's not, you know, hyping guys up on the sideline. Guess what we saw in week six? Aaron Rodgers talking to his receivers on the sideline. And then we get a quote like this, where he's talking, like like I said, no hesitation to say probably higher than yours when asked what his expectations that the team can be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I'll say Anybody I else think want to throw anything out there? Yeah, I think it's been like they're kind of one of the big things I think, you know, LaFleur even said it, I believe, in his presser today, was we kind of got to put it in perspective. If you look around the league, there's a lot of three and three teams. Yep. Okay. And maybe it makes it look bad that we've had a couple ugly losses in a row. But um, mm. Spofford said something really interesting on um, that really kind of hit home with me on his bring up him and uh, West. No, no, I'm not. Ooh, I'm. Okay. Uh, he said six quarters ago, this was a three and one team with a ten point lead. Like that. And that's 100% truth. We had a 10-point lead as a 3-1 team in London. And we just hit a, a rough patch of six quarters and we're 3-3. Three and three. Like, put it in perspective. The fact that the matter is there's a lot of teams 3-3. Three and three. I was listening to NFL Network earlier, and they were talking about San Francisco being sneaky and kind of hanging around. San Francisco's 3-3. Three and three, So I'm wondering, like, well, why, why is the national media on top Guess of them? Guess who else but, is 3-3? Three three. Yeah. Tampa Bay, the Rams. Tampa a whole Bay. bunch of people are 3-3. Three and three. So this idea, it's yeah. I guess Green Bay has a couple ugly losses, but guess what? Yep. That's a four and two team. That's a, a coming back from London. You can say yes or no. And we kind of got the short end of the stick. Uh, we had to come back from London and play. Now we get the Commanders. They have a ten day rest, and then we have to play the Bills coming off a bye. Like it's not. This is a pretty rough stretch. So just put it in perspective. I think if we can get to the game in Detroit at four and four, we're in just fine. Like where we need to be. I, if we can pull off an upset in Buffalo, that'd be amazing. So we'll That'd talk about that next week, win. but, but <clears throat> I think we just need to put it in perspective and like stop catastrophizing and acting like the, the world is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Yes. We got stuff. This team has stuff to, that need to figure out if they come out and they put the same stuff on tape against this defensive lineman, this uh, Washington defensive line as they did against the jets, we might not win this game. So then we can really be worried. You know what I mean? But let's just mm-hmm. see what happens this week. And, we're still right in the thick of it. And we've right. talked numerous times in our chat channel that um, I think this is the type of year for the NFC. You just make the playoffs and see where it goes. So, yeah. So John, I agree much more with your second comment than your first one saying that the Packers don't have a, a receivers to go on a run. Gee, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me to get real, just because I choose to be optimistic, I'd probably be doing this podcast from a penthouse instead of a basement, but that's just me. Um, We'd all be doing it from your penthouse, man. Yeah. As many times as people say that shit. You know, if dude, if I had a dollar for every time I hear 
get real or I'm just being realistic or sunshines and rainbows or heads in the clouds. Like just because we're choosing to have an optimistic mindset doesn't mean that we're not being real because the reality is Alan Zard has had great games as a wide receiver. Romeo Dobbs has had great games as a wide receiver. Randall Cobb had a very good game as a wide receiver is now hurt. Sammy Watkins may play, which would give the Packers a little bit of a bump on that aspect. Um, Nobody came into the season expecting Christian Watson to be hurt. Like the Packers are working through some things here. So, you know, just because it's not all happening at the same time doesn't mean it's not happening at all. Um, Hey, Dorn, go watch some tape and see how many times Dobbs has beaten this person deep, but Newman let the person beat him and is right in his lap. Aaron that's, like the wide that's where I said that I agreed with his second it. comment more, was he said yeah. the Packers offense looks bad because the old line is playing horrible. That I agree with more. Um, Runyon outside of one play was pretty good, I will say. Um, I have no complaints about Myers. Elton Jenkins has been a little rusty, um, and we'll talk about him a little bit when we get into the injury report. It's nothing to be concerned about, but um, it's really just that right guard position. So like Simon said when he brought up, his underrated performer being David Bakhtiari this week, the Packers do have, you know, options on the right-hand side of the line. So, um, Bryant, I believe you have the next question to pose. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Simon's got the okay. next one. Simon's got the next one. My bad. It's okay. Wait, I do? Yeah, number four. This, this is why you get fired every day. <laughs> no, because uh, – oh, I see. You skipped – I thought we were moving. Never mind. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> just just fire but me. They don't it's have fine. to be so scared just, so, just to be um, – just to be, like, transparent here, we were going to have some come on for these questions, and that's why yeah. we're kind of going through them now, just so every, all the viewers <laughs> understand what's, what we're doing right this now. I'm exactly that person cannot make it this week. He was here, too. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's been, it's been, been a terrible prepared. week for me. Yeah, it's, been, <laughs> it's been an awful week. Anyways, so I know a lot of people are kind of wondering this, and there's been a lot of talk, but we're talking about you think there's going to be any additions in the wide receiver room through free agency or trades in the absence of our injured wide receivers in Watkin, Watson, and Cobb. Uh, so, I mean, the rumor tra- uh, train is kind of hyping up a little bit. A lot on the DJ Moore. I've seen conflicting stories whether the Panthers are going to keep him or they want to just have a fire sale. Um, I've seen some stuff about Chase Claypool. Obviously, the fans are hammering home about OBJ, which I don't really understand, to be honest. I I, I think OBJ would be maybe a nice stash when we're looking in December or something, but I don't understand the immediate need for a wide receiver right now, and we're hammering home about OBJ, and it's the middle of October. We know he's not going to be ready for at, at least, least another month. At least a month at least away. Another month. And that's assuming everything's going well. Um, right. I've seen some other ideas floating around, maybe like if the Steelers would maybe want to trade Deontay Johnson or uh, I know a lot of us uh, like Brandon Cooks or maybe Tyler Lockett that we've mentioned before. Yep. Um, I think a trade is more likely than a free agency pickup. I, I don't – I don't love, I don't really like anyone in the free agency. I don't think they're, they're going to move the needle at all. Will Fuller is there the anyone only that, guy yeah, I think but, that I would consider in the free agents? I don't know. It's he's he like another ball, 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 ball at all. Huh? So, Samari too. John John said the Packers did bring in help. They they signed a 
I don't even remember the guy's name. They signed a guy to the Fly practice squad. Yeah, Fly or whatever. He said, the other thing he said was, I need to get Toure some more reps. That I do agree with, and I think that's very interesting. If Sammy Watkins doesn't play this week, I do think Samari Toure will be on the active roster. Now, where it gets interesting for me is Jawan Winfrey did not play very well last week. I was going to say, he had out. I was so going to ask you right guys now, how many opportunities this, we're going to give him, you know? Exactly. None, this, no more. He can't be called up again. This week he cannot be called be up again unless he's added to the active roster. It's over. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if uh, you're but we cannot. Rodgers should have been in OTAs. Honestly, I don't think it matters. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, I, I, I don't think deal. that would have mattered. It's not, it wouldn't have changed the season that we're having at all. In my Are people opinion. asking if, if Brady should have been at practice for 11 days Bert, or if he shouldn't Bert, have left uh, early and went to a wedding and a bunch of stuff? Don't don't come. I, I love Bert, the fact that you lost every week, but we're not going to talk like about OTAs right now. Yeah, he, he dribbles a football like a basketball, dude. He spins it on his finger. The guy knows how to throw a football. He knows the yeah. offense already. If there's one guy on the roster that doesn't need to be at goddamn OTAs, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, having those three extra reps or whatever, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have flipped the needle for this. Honestly, this I'd rather have those reps for Jordan Love anyways. Yeah. Like, he needs to get time with the young receivers. The young receivers need to figure out the goddamn routes first. Uh, yeah. How about right. that? And the young, and they need to stay on the field. Um, yeah, so well, for going back to Rogers the question about Watson on draft night, I don't. Yeah, remember, he talked. But... To him. He called him. Yeah, he did. Nope, he's a horrible, horrible teammate. He's nope. a dickhead. The media tells me he's an asshole. Nope, Selfish. Aaron Rodgers sucks. Selfish. All right, so back to the question about adding a wider. <laughs> yeah, <receiver>. yeah. Jake <laughs> and Simon, either or Jake and Brian, do either of you guys think the Packers will add to the receivers? I'm I do think. I think if we're going to make a move, I think it will be this year. I would love – I would love – the three that I would love would be – well, two I would love would be DJ Moore for sure because he's 25-year. Like I would – if they said, hey, we gave up a first for him, I think I'd be okay with it to be honest. I know it's a little steep, but that's a 25-year-old wide receiver who just continuously puts up 1,000 yards on a terrible team, right? Yep. Um, Brandon Cooks, I do like him, but I, his cap number is just – going to be – yeah, and, and we would have to eat a lot of cap next year, whereas DJ Moore, I think we could extend even further out and um, thin it out more for us. And then Tyler Lockett is another one I would really love to see. Um, and Chase Claypool because he's on a rookie rental. deal. If we can get, yeah. So <laughs> if we can get Chase Claypool, I would like that as well. So What about Elijah Moore? I know the Jets say they have no they're not going to trade him. But they also said he's not playing this week. Like, I also have no – I have no interest in a wide receiver that's complaining that his team's winning and he they he's been actually getting oh, a decent amount of targets. Yeah. The last last couple of weeks I get it that he hasn't got as much targets, but guess what? They've won. And like What's he has like show? the third most targets on this team or something. Like he Didn't he's doing Wilson, fine. He's got a couple hundred what, 19 passes on Sunday. Yeah, like 18. Yeah, 18, You know what's 19, gross? He, they won that game. He only threw one pass over 10 yards that whole game. Yep, it was and it was the one that gave them the momentum. Yep. What's more gross is they went one for eleven on third down and they still beat us. But whatever. Yeah, I was gonna um, talk about. That. That, I'm trying to have a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. not. We're not doing well. Well, so. John brought up a good point too. Having Sammy Watkins uh, back with him being such a good blocking wide receiver, um, having him and Lazard both available. Um, personally, and I think they did this maybe once in week two, um, having. Watson, Watt or not Watson, Watkins, Lazard, and Dobbs all trip lined up on one side. 
and they ran a screen, like a wide receiver screen to Romeo Dobbs, and then he had Watson, Watkins, damn it, Watkins and Lazard out in front of him to block for him. I'd like to see a lot of that this week if Sammy Watkins can play. I think yeah. Sammy's going to play. I really do. Um, so I'm going to answer the question real quick. You stole my my bit about Claypool being on a rookie deal. That's why I laughed. Oh, my bad. I, I would love that. Just because he's so cheap and he's big and he could jump and run. and He makes um, some nice but, catches too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Steelers have no shortage of wide receivers. They just don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I would take Deontay Johnson too, even though he's had some drop issues. But that guy, I love, I love Deontay Johnson. That guy is a he target monster. Open. Yeah, he gets yeah. he's open. a possession receiver. Yeah. yeah, he he would be great with Aaron. Um, he he's essentially what I think of young Randall Cobb. Always yeah. open. You can put him in the slot, put him outside. He can kind of do it all. He's just a quick little guy. Um, so, but okay. DJ Moore, DJ Moore would be my number one target as well, just because he's so young yep. and fast and he's so good. He's been playing with shit quarterbacks like yeah. at bottom of the barrel but like yeah stop I, gap i had someone level. yeah i had someone <laughs> yeah. tell me that baker mayfield was better than justin herbert coming into this year i wonder how they think about that now <laughs> sounds like something skip bayless would say who the fuck yeah. said that i hate the internet dude <laughs> i hate the internet let me ask you guys this do you think Robbie Anderson would have been a better fit than any of the guys we just talked about? No. 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 Oh, look at that. We're all in agreement. Look at that. That was nice and easy. Um, if I – here we go. I'm going to do another if I had a dollar scenario. If I had a dollar for every person I saw complaining that the Packers didn't trade for Robbie Anderson and that he only cost the Cardinals a sixth and a seventh, we'd also be doing the podcast in my penthouse. The the I fact see. that this is a, this is a Wisconsin sports thing in general. This isn't just Packers fans. Mm-hmm. That people are so desperate to have a move made that they will make a move anywhere just for the sake of saying they made a move, just because they want to have yeah. one next thing to potentially blame it on. They, they, oh, they didn't get the right guy. They traded for Robbie Anderson. They should have traded for DJ Moore. I was on the same yeah. team. Yep. It's, it's they're always just looking for the next thing to complain about and it sucks i hate it like be patient the the trade line isn't until november 2nd we're still like 11 yeah. days away from the trade so that's line. a big thing too is if it might come more clear too because if a, one of these teams like pittsburgh who's kind of still in it a little bit seattle who's still in a little bit atlanta some still in it a little bit if they lose these two next weeks we still have time on that monday to pull off a trade also yep. on t- what you're talking about last night, like immediately after the CMC trade happened, I see someone post something. The Niners just traded for Christian McCaffrey. The Packers suck. I'm like, how does it? We got another running back. The Packers didn't do anything because the Packers are just sitting on their hands. Also on that, I hate seeing a sign for like bottom of the roster construction and then Packer fans whine about it. Like we didn't make yeah, some hey. huge splash move and stuff. It's like the bottom of the roster matters too. Like that, yeah. it just blows my mind that if we don't get out there and trade for, I don't care. Insert the wide receiver too. here. So like I posted, <laughs> I posted the, the ESPN article where Jeremy Fowler was talking about the, um, the GMs are expecting the Packers to be, um, that they're certain that the Packers are going to be hunting all in wide for wide receiver help. And then he mentioned Claypool, and the number of comments are like, oh, they're not going to do anything. They never do anything as if they didn't sign Whitney Merciless and Jalen Smith last year and trade for Randall Cobb the, before last season to bring him in. Like, 
like the the fact that people say that the Packers don't do anything, like honestly in the NFL trades aren't that common. No, you know they no, happen. Not, they're not nearly as not common as they are in baseball. It's because it's not it's not easy to do a trade, and it might right. be even it might even be with all the three and three teams. It might be even less this year because teams are like, oh, I'm still in it. They're still on right. the fringe, exactly. That's yeah. what that's what ultimately might lead to Tyler Lockett staying put in Seattle because they're like, oh shit, like you know the NFC West is wide open right now. We're only a game back of all of the other teams, you know. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. they're tied with with the Rams right now. Um, the Rams. And the, yeah, so they're technically we were playing about our old line, Cardinals, also, and then the Rams and 49ers. I, I feel like people underestimate how much Gudikins is probably making an effort to try to make something happen. Too, like they feel like if it doesn't happen, there was no effort put towards it. That's the thing. So and that bothers that's, me. That's too. the point that I was getting to is that people oh, will be sorry. mad that you know the Packers <laughs> are in these conversations, and then you know ultimately whether something happens or not, but. Let's say that you know you hear that the Packers are in on three or four conversations, but they ultimately make say one trade or or they don't make any trades and they they say they sign Will Fuller or something like that. Would you rather not have the Packers in any of those conversations and just being like, nope, our phones we let we took the phone off the hook so that nobody can even call us and we can't call anybody? Like, would you rather they not be even making the phone calls? Or would you rather have them be trying to do things and ultimately not make a deal because they don't want to do something that could potentially hurt them in the future? And you don't know the content of those conversations either. If we were going to trade for um, DJ Moore and the Panthers are like, we want three firsts, how do you know that that's not the asking price? We don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't think. I seen someone say last night after this, I seen someone say after the CMC trade, they said, Oh, the Carolina got ripped off. That's all CMC is worth. A second, third, fourth, and fifth. I'm like, dude, that's an entire draft. Almost. That's, yeah, that's, that's almost an entire I, draft. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the Panthers are paying for like most of his contract too. Only this year. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like 75 percent this year. So, <laughs> yeah, you like it's when you put it like that. Like next year, when um when San Francisco picks on day one, and then they don't on Thursday night, and then they don't pick again until Saturday, and they're yeah. not even picking in the first of round on Saturday. And then the next year they don't have a fifth round pick either. Like, yep. yeah, that's gonna suck for 49ers fans. You know, yeah, sitting there waiting. Got, like, oh, who are we gonna draft? Who are we gonna draft? Who are we gonna draft? They got oh, we don't have any games. picks in the middle rounds. <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. no mid round picks. Hey, that really. And I would trade our. I would trade our. What you got this year? Yeah, I would trade our third round draft pick for like a number seven for McDonald's at this point because we know there'll be a bust. So if they could, if, <laughs> if we can get like Chase Claypool for number three, they freaking better do it. Oh yeah, DJ oh. DJ Moore for three thirds. Yeah, <laughs> <Deal>. dude. <laughs> but just think well, about actually it. Actually, like, Packers... you give us DJ Moore, we'll we'll just give you all of our third round picks through our entire franchise, and then just once every three years, yeah. you give us another player. <laughs> so like because a lot of people might freak out if we gave up a first for dj moore but what's the chances you draft a player a wide receiver in the first and they turn out to be as good as dj moore probably well, not we don't know great we don't draft wide receivers in the first so if, if i had to, we, we guess, don't do that here if i had to just if i had to try to hypothetically put a number on it i'd say maybe 15 or 20 percent yeah so that's fair because yeah. i mean you know just to throw it out there jalen rigger was a first round pick yeah stud yeah, you're right. Oh, my, my mistake. Jalen Kevin White was a first round pick. 
<laughs> Kevin uh, Knight. Yes. yes, he was. I so feel was bad for picking on him because he sucked because of injuries. Yeah, I mean it's I but bad. it's all right. So like obviously I'm not I'm not crapping on his talent and it's not like he's hurt, but I mean it's just the fact that he didn't work out, you know. Yeah. Well, look at look at Watson. People are already complaining about him because he missed a few games. He wasn't even oh, a first round pick. Oh, he's, he's a bust uh, now. Same with Quay Walker too. Like, I've seen so many people. I saw yeah, someone say, someone today was like too. cut him. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of Quay Walker is just not good at football. It's oh like, my god! This this is why I don't go on those comments. It's so you bad, me, bro. Yeah. Like, so I think it, to be fair, I didn't tag you. Is, I sent them to you. <laughs> yeah, I, it you was along the lines of your own free will. I only responded That's to true. one today, and I put the phone down. It was along lines of something like. Is Christian Watson ever going to do anything? He's a bust. I was like, yeah, you're right. Through six games in his career, he, he's a bust. We should just give him now. He's never going to do anything in his career. Like, I mean, he really played, played three of them. Like, yeah, get, yeah, like get your head out of the sand, bro. Like, <laughs> All right, Jake's got the next question. Kind of touched on this a little bit. We can, I, I still want to get your guys' input. Okay. Um, what do you say to those fans – that say Aaron Rodgers isn't a leader. Well, I tell them that they probably didn't play organized sports. Um, or they're just lonely people who like to crap on other people for some reason. I don't know. People have weird inception, uh, uh, perception of Aaron Rodgers. They pick on his haircuts. They pick on his clothing. Every little thing Broke that happens him. to Aaron Rodgers, um, they're, they're on him. Um, I watched a thing. I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago with Kyle Brandt. And he talked about how the camera is right here in Aaron Rodgers at all times. You know, he gets sacked. The camera is right here in Aaron Rodgers. Not the player that gave up the sack, but it's on Rodgers because he got sacked. A receiver drops the ball. Camera's right here. Aaron Rodgers, what's he going to do? Oh, you can't be upset. You're a terrible leader. You're a terrible teammate. You're not allowed to be upset for your teammate letting you down. But then, you know, and Tom Brady's finally starting to get it. Not that we want to keep bringing up Tom Brady, but. You know, he, he fires up his teammates because he, you know, he's passionate. He wants to win. And he's throwing tablets because he wants to win. But then when Rodgers does that, he's a crybaby. And he doesn't know how to deal with criticism. And he's he's narcissistic. And it's it's ridiculous. Um, there's there's many different ways of leadership. I talk about this all the time with LeBron and, and Michael Jordan, right? And I only brought up LeBron because, you know, Brian, I'm in basketball mode for right now, to be honest with you. After watching the Bucks last night, got me a little fired up for basketball. But – Michael Jordan was looked at as a great leader, and he was a dickhead. He he in practice he was he was going at people. He was going at them personally on the court. He's going at the opponents personally. LeBron is a different kind of leader. He's the kind of guy to bring you in and say, "Hey, come here, man. Let's talk about this. Let's see how we can fix this." And that's how I see Rogers being as well. Rogers is a different kind of leader. He could be like, "Hey, come here. Let's look at it this way." He doesn't have to come over here and be all oh, "Fuck you. You're a piece of yeah. shit. And you suck ass." And I'm Tom Brady, and so you have to listen to me. And it's like. There's different right. ways to leadership, so people respond to things differently. Rogers is a great when, leader. When Rogers yeah. talks, um, you know, listening to like I've really been paying attention to a lot of his interviews lately. Uh-huh. Um, he seems like like his expectation is that everybody does their job. That's that's what it seems like his expectation is. Because every mm-hmm. time he talks about you know what can improve, which is something that we do, we talk about what can improve. And Aaron Rodgers, he says, he brings up everybody. He's like, everybody's got to step their game up a tick, myself included. Rodgers doesn't put any blame on anybody. 
he puts it collectively that we all need to do our jobs. So when, you know, you're going to hear cliche things like, you know, it takes all 11 players and, you know, everybody needs to execute on every play. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, Rodgers will give credit where it's due, but he's not going to single people out to blame them. Um, some of the reporters were asking questions to Rodgers and LaFleur this week, trying yep. to kind of bait them into some of those questions. And um, they were doing it when they were talking about the commanders too, about Heineke and Wentz. And, uh, yeah. you know, LaFleur was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical. So, um, the other thing I wanted yeah, to bring up. Yeah, they were trying to get him to like. Sorry, go ahead. Trying to get him to throw shade, basically. And they were trying to almost. Uh, I think it was Bill, Bill Huber that was really trying to push like this feud between Rogers and mm-hmm. Matt Lafleur because they were talking about simplification. Yep. I think he was the one that was trying to push some stuff between Rogers and Jair last week too. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it was the same. Person. Okay, so Bill Huber because just because, because Rogers wanted him yeah. thinking about winning, not thinking about losing. That apparently means that there's a rift between the two, and that the locker room is in flux. Yeah. Which is just a garbage ass. And he said he's like me and Ja talked about it. He's like I love Ja. Ja's my guy. Like it's and it's something that like if like if honestly if Jake and I were having a conversation and Jake's like this the you know this sucks or whatever like Jake doesn't do that but he's like you know if just an example like oh if the Packers lose next week and I'm like hey dude. I'm like, think about what if the Packers win next week? You know, this is why I brought it up a couple weeks ago, and I said, I read this in a book. You plan for victory, prepare for defeat, learn from defeat. You don't have to think about what if we lose, because then you're going to, thinking of losing, you're thinking about losing, and thinking about what if I do this that messes up the game. The more you think about that stuff, the more it comes to fruition, because you're thinking about it constantly. So you think about winning, think about the things that are going to help you win, and then do those things. Um, the other thing that Rogers said was the best teams are player-led teams. So he wants to see guys take ownership of their roles. And that's, again, like I said, you know, everybody needs to do their job. So taking ownership of your role, whether it be offensive linemen, whether it be guys getting open as wide receivers, Robert Tunyon stepping up more in the passing game. You know, more defenders playing more aggressively. I mentioned it probably 10 different times last week that all the guys were talking about playing um, playing at a high speed, you know, playing with their instincts, all that stuff. So, you know, it's as far as, you know, looking at last week, it was Amos and Savage and Rogers and LaFleur and Barry. And then this week it's Rogers again. And then it's Matt LaFleur and Adam Stenovich and Joe Barry all saying the same things. It really tells you that they're all on the same page. It just comes down to execution, which is something a bunch of them brought up in their interviews as well, is it comes down to execution. So start with preparation, turn it into execution. Andy Herman had a great video of it, um, three, three videos, and they were all where it was just one block away from being a massive play. Yep. Um, and it was a great video. I think I retweeted it on the um, – the Wisco Fanatics Twitter page because it's, you know, you just need one block here, one block here, one block here, and it's three huge plays that could result in a completely different outcome in the game. So for, yeah. for me, I'm, I still can't wrap my head around that people don't think that Aaron Rodgers is a leader. And the only reason I can think that they do that is because they don't like him personally. 
Simon and Brian, I don't know if you guys have anything you wanted to add. Yeah, real quick. I'm just convinced. For one, he doesn't lead by fear. Like, that's what you're seeing Tom Brady do, right? He's trying to lead by just, you know, being on front, taking accountability mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Two, I'm convinced it's people that only listen to the media and don't actually listen to Rodgers. Because he had, I don't want to get too much into your um, interviews, but a couple of times this week, it's little things I noticed, like, he did make the joke that like, hey, how do you get them to do listen or to get them? And he just one word answer. He said fear, and he ended it there. And it was kind of he kind of chuckled or whatever. But um, I think he followed like, that up he, with, "We need to do more so pranks." He, yeah, yeah, pranks. He talked about doing pranks, and then he said, um, "How do you get the O line like to perform better?" He said, uh, "They might not get as good Christmas gifts this year. I've told them their Christmas uh-huh. gifts might not be as good this year." Like he jokes about that, and then someone asked, like, "Hey, what do you do?" Wait, when you're getting treatment on your thumb for two hours and he says conversation and then he goes and talks about the doctor that he's known now for yep. 18 years or whatever mentions yes. the doctor's children by name he talks like this isn't someone that just treats people like crap he literally gets close to them remembers the kids names and that's the type of stuff that really like matters like that that doctor that might i don't know if he listens to whatever but the fact that he might turn on turn around and listen to aaron Rodgers, then bring up his daughter's name or whatever and talk about them getting older and stuff like that that really hits home for people and like that really matters to people like as a leader if you can talk to your people that you're leading or your teammates and talk to them about their personal life and ask them how they're doing in their personal life that matters and if you listen to his pat mcafee stuff he talked about like, yep, I get all grindstone all the time, right? Like jokingly, he's like, look, we have personal lives as well. And that's stuff that matters. Even Matt LaFleur said, I need to get out of the office once in a while because someone asked if he slept there today or whatever. He's like, look, we need to kind of have some balance of personal life too. So the fact that Aaron takes time to get to know these people, like earlier in the season, talking about Dubs' upbringing and his family and stuff like that kind of stuff resonates and it matters. So those are just people that listen to ESPN and Skip Bayless and uh, Colin Coward. Great. Simon, do you, you want to add anything? Want, you don't watch Coward just crap on the Packers 24-7? It's not your no, favorite he's thing idiot. to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last thing I got is just like, I think I would much rather listen to like ex-teammates that talk highly of Rodgers than some person that, Yeah, it just it blows my mind that you have so many people talk about how good of a person Rogers is and what a leader he is in the locker room. And then you're still sitting there like, oh, he's a garbage leader. And oh, Greg Jennings said he's a dick. Yeah, Yeah, they'll they'll always point to the one person that has you have two people in his whole career. That's maybe talk crap about him. Yeah. But then you have 75 other players that come out and disagree. Yeah, Yeah. It just I don't know. To me, I just don't get it. I mean, I get it because you just want to, you know, crap on the Packers or whatever. But anything I, I don't know. that anything that helps you justify your personal feeling, that's what people are going to agree with. Yeah, I know. And I don't know. even Packer fans are starting to turn on him a little bit this year. And I saw someone say bench Rogers, and I was like, come on, man! Like, it, it, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. 16 and the Packers were 500 versus week six and the Packers being 500, that'd be different, but it's not. So it's not. Yeah. And it, it's just, I don't know. To, to me, like I'm not abstaining Rogers from any of the blame that's going on for this team or whatever. Like he has also played his part and we've yep. talked about that. I feel like enough to where mm-hmm. all of us have agreed that he has some blame in, but right. There's a lot of other things that are wrong besides Rodgers. Right. So benching Rodgers is not going to fix this team. It, it's not. destroy the team. 
It, it, so, it just, yeah, it would destroy right. this team. Um, so before we get to Bryant, who's going to ask our next question, um, I just want to answer Cody's question. Cody asked, how concerned are you that we didn't send 69 first-round picks to Carolina for DJ Moore in the first 420 <laughs> seconds they announced they're looking at offers? Very um, concerned. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with a 6.9 out of 10 on how concerned I am. Yeah. 69%. Uh, okay, you know, so. The, the thing with, with Rodgers, I don't think his accuracy is really off. Uh, if you look at a lot of the throws that he's overthrown or underthrown. It's exactly it's the timing because he has to throw the ball a second sooner than he wants to because he's got an offensive lineman in his lap. Um, Molly named Newman. Yes. Um, last and then hanging on to the ball too long. So I'm glad you brought that up because I did have a quote from Rogers on that. Um, Rogers was asked, he's like, you know, there it looks like there's a lot of opportunities for you that you can take off and run. Um, and Rogers said he really only thought there was one where he should have. Um, no, he was exactly looking for Romeo Dobbs to come back, um, to come back towards the sideline because he was looking for a first down there that he that he didn't tuck and run, um, and it was that one where he was flushed out to the right side, and he didn't eventually run, but he did say that he's going to be more aggressive on opportunities to run going forward. So Aaron Rodgers isn't going to turn into Lamar Jackson or anything, but <laughs> you know we might get to see a little him bit with more those wheels. What we've come to see. <laughs> Yeah. So that would be okay. Nice so, brother, but go ahead. Okay. So the the question is, uh, what is the likelihood a change is made on the offensive line? I'll go first. Um, so I'm going to be at the game this weekend. If I nice. see Newman run out there, you might see someone running on the field and punching Adam Senovich in the dick, and it's going to be me. <laughs> I swear Dude, to God. you said you were going to do that. Like, why would you? Why would you punch Stenovich? Because because then Newman's going to whoever needs in. to be put. You want Newman? I'll oh, kick you Newman in the knee or Newman. something. Yeah, and you I'm got kidding. a Tanya Harding, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say slash his tires, but Jake's like, go for the ankle. I, just go for I it. I never hope for injuries, but, like, if that guy could just stub his big toe and big and, like, long enough to miss a few games and get replaced, Turf toe. I feel like they're finally going to do something. But the only thing that's worrying me is they keep talking about continuity. Well, guess what? If you care about continuity, but your continuity equals sh- crap it's time to break continuity okay fine keep the left side the way it is i like running it over there i like aaron uh david bakhtiari over there there's no reason at this point i love elton jenkins he, they came out this week and said he is not 100 and that he's not playing at 100 so then kick him inside where he was a pro bowler and give someone else anyone else a chance at right tackle what's the worst that can happen what aaron Rodgers gets sacked four times i was literally concerned Run. for his health I was literally concerned for Aaron Rodgers' health against the Jets. Like Dude, that one hit, yeah. Where you got hit in the How many times did we see how many times did we see for one when Hansen came in, it was like night and day. I, I remember Aaron Rodgers had to, all day for a deep shot that we probably didn't complete, but well, I know we didn't complete it. But he had all, all day, right? <laughs> so I'm a little salty, all right. Just um, let it go, man. <laughs> This sounds bad, but why couldn't it have been Newman's bicep, damn it? Like, why is Hanson have to get hurt? Because he looked good bro. for the four freaking plays yeah. that he was in. I don't want him to get hurt. Five. I don't want no one hurt. Five, whatever. So, to be honest, though, well, on the block field goal, guess who were the two were there that let that happen? <sighs> who was it? The freaking yeah. the public defender law firm of Newman and 
freaking Hanson. So, like, <laughs> I cannot. So, Zach Tom needs a chance. He took, Something. He took the blame for calling that coverage. So, anyways, so I do Speaking think. Of- so now, that, hold on, really quick. Offensive line change if you want to know how bad the offensive line was, do I have to? Uh, on 49 pass blocking snaps, they had 13 pressures allowed. Oh. So 25% more than 25%? Yeah, more, a little more bit than more. Than but, yeah. 28%. That's bad. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, what about like the first two plays of the game where Aaron Jones couldn't even get the ball handed to him and he was getting oh back on the backfield? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I was going to get into that, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think that's I, like, there's been too much smoke. Like kind of like we're talking about with their say, smoke. Give me, give me a number of their fire. If that, you one. think it's going to happen? Yeah. Give me a one to 10, the 10 being, of the change. 10 being Newman's this getting week? cut. And that's how likely the change is. One being they're not going to change. <laughs> I want this to week? be 11, but <laughs> Are you talking about this week or just in general? This week. And this it's week? gonna start with this week. And if it goes better than it has, it's which not, I can only expect that it will, that it'll be the same going forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get like more into six. this when we talk more, but I like when we talk more about like yeah, say talking like about all line changes, but I gotta yeah, I think it's gonna be like a six. I think it's gotta happen. I'm it happened last with, week, but there was an injury. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna go with a seven on a likelihood that the change is made because they did make the change. And the only reason they went back to how they started is because Hanson got hurt. If Hanson doesn't get hurt, I think he starts the second half and the change is still made. And we're not even discussing Royce Newman at this point. Um, Jake, what do you think out of 10? God, this sucks. Cause it's like the Packers are, uh, they pissed me off. It's like, they should, but are they going to No. Hey, just like trade, just just like for later. the last seven years of my life, should they trade for this guy? Yeah, probably. But are they are they gonna fucking gonna do it? No, they're not. <laughs> and everybody's gonna fucking talk about it for fucking seven weeks. Um, I'm gonna say the likelihood of it happening is like a four. But should it happen? Absolutely, yes. I I just I already know, <laughs> I already know, and it's gonna piss me off. So I'm just trying to remain calm. I'm not gonna try to act like Brian because he's clearly still mad about Sunday. <laughs> Dude, trust me when I when tell we you get this, to Brian. my O line changes part, you'll hear it. I'm gonna have my son at the football game, so I gotta try to behave. Dude, I might just throw him at one of the players from the second. I game. set a personal best for the amount of times I said the f word on on Sunday. I was like, "There's no way that these assholes are doing this shit to me again." And it was just like every other word, and I had a red so face. If anybody's wondering why we haven't live streamed a game, I'm a different human. When yeah, it's it's bad. Playing. You you guys cannot watch me watch a Packer game. It's not. Enjoyable I morph into else. an entire different. And also, thing. when we're beating the shit out of somebody, I'm just a gigantic asshole. Won't lie about that. Yeah. <laughs> Simon's I, the I'm, only one that's actually seen me watch a game. I'm the opposite. I I just sit there and brood. Like I just it was, I, I just sulk, man. It was so like black and white, like difference between me and Simon. When we were winning, like chest bumping and waking up my kids and stuff in our living room and stuff. Oh, but... the 2015 Lions game. Lions game, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cody. Hail Mary. Oof. Your so wife was about pissed. Cody's, Cody's comment. <laughs> we used to have a table in our living room. My girlfriend had to take the table out of the living room because I kept kicking it, running into it during Packers. 
we now don't have a table in the living room because I'm always jumping and, and kicking my leg and stuff. I have to watch out for my daughter because one day I'm just going to freaking spike her in the head with my giant foot. Yeah, don't punch your kid, dude. <laughs> I, get, I get into it, man. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, so. I, I like I like Bernard's comment. He brought up these. He likes that James Jones always has Rogers back. I agree with that. That's a really good. That's a yeah. really good point. Really fair point. Jones, Honestly, as often as I've disagreed with him, um, Dan Orlovsky actually gave kind of a pump the brakes for for people concerned about Aaron Rodgers this week too. And I think he did a really good job of explaining. Yeah, I have that wrote in my notes. Like that 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 video breakdown he did too. Kind of like Andy Herman's is just like, oh, that's yep. so gross. Like. They're so like one pl- like one player to play like yep. from Aaron Jones probably breaking a couple touchdowns and stuff like that. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't. All right, I won't get too much into that then. But <clears throat> my next question for you guys is, what do you say to people who say that if the Packers win on Sunday, that it's oh, it's just the Commanders? Simon, go ahead. Uh, I, I don't really care, man. <laughs> like I just. I want to see him win a game and turn that into some type of momentum. Yep. If like, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement here and we'll get into this. Like Brian said next week with the bills is I just don't want to see him go in there and lay down. Like if they somehow get a, uh, if they win against the commanders, take some of that momentum, take some of that energy and hype that coming off a win and go in there and make it a challenging game. That's what I want to see. All so, of Kansas just, last week here. What's that? Kind of like the Kansas City game last year. That's yeah. What I'm hoping for. Like, go in there and make it a competitive game. That's what I'm looking for. Like, uh, I think I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself. That's what I'm looking for. So, just the commanders. It's kind of lame when you're a 500 team in the middle of an NFC battle for the playoffs. Yeah. I Like, it, you take all the wins you can get because a lot they, can happen. They don't have the tell. They ask how many. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't really give – my my thing is Crap. that <clears throat> they still have talented players on the roster. It's still an NFL football team mm-hmm. for the first fact of it. Uh, they have good defensive linemen. They have one really good linebacker. They have like three solid running backs. Um, you listen to, again, bringing up the interviews, All every single person that was asked about Taylor Heineke like praised how much of a competitor that he is. So I know um, Matt LaFleur won't say it, but I'd rather play Winston Heineke. 100%. Me and Simon were at yeah. that game watching Heineke run all over us. Last year? Yeah. Last he had year. like um, 98 rushing yards or some crap. Yeah, 98 or 99, yeah. He broke like a 37-yarder um, against us. John, we talked about the Vikings' schedule a little bit last week. Like, their schedule is too easy for them like to not, they're to gonna not they're ex- probably extend their lead. Um, yeah. If the Vikings don't like extend their lead in the NFC North, it's because of their own fault, not not necessarily because anything the Packers are doing. Um but back I'm very to the realistic in that the likelihood that the Vikings are probably gonna win the North this year. They got they got to go play Miami with Skylar Thompson. Like it's something would have to go wrong at this point for the Vikings because they're right. if you go and look at their schedule, it's very, very easy. They'd have to but lose that's what I like about Green Bay like three games that they should win. If, if we scrap and fight our way into the playoffs, which we should still at this point, we're going right. to be much more seasoned than some of these teams that might win um, their division, yeah. like the Vikings, I, because the Vikings have maybe Robert, two hard games left. Yeah. Robert kind of echoed the sentiment that we brought up, too. 
um, that that Taylor Heineke is a little more worrisome than Wentz. I think it's just because he's more versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, the dis the, the distance between Heineke's running and Wentz's running is a bigger gap than the distance between Wentz's throwing and Heineke's throwing. Agreed. 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 Um, and it's easier to track Wentz is one being paid the money, so he's the one that's going to be starting. Yeah. Um, Jake or Brian, do either of you have any comments on what to say if the Packers beat the Commanders and you get the oh they should have won? Comments. Look, I don't care because then when we beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by only two points, everyone complains about that game because we didn't score the last ten drives. Like, just shut up and t- be happy. If if we beat them, we're four and three. And guess what? Whoever is three and three and loses, we're now ahead of them. And at the end of the season, you're not going to go back and care how we won or lost those games. It's a win. Yep. You take the wins when you can get them. Yep. They don't ask how. Be they ask happy. Many. Find some happiness and a win because the last two weeks have been miserable. Yep. I was going to say a rhetorical. How the hell are you going to complain every time they lose and then they win a game? You still find shit to complain about. Uh, it's Packers just fans have been the whole year. Like that's, what, that's why we do the opposite. Jake and I are the Jake and I are the anti-venom to that shit. Yeah. And even when the crazy. Packers lose, we still look for positive takeaways. We, yeah, we beat the Bears easy. by seventeen, and people were still complaining. Like, just shut up. Exactly. So, shut up. Oh, so what did I say? I, I put something up uh, early in the week, or maybe right after the loss. And I kind of promote our show a little bit. And I was like, I was like, we're going to try to, you know, put some positives out there that the Packers can go off of from the Jets game. And someone was yep. like, so you're going to cherry pick stats? I was like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all they think we do. We They don't think that we we talk about the stuff that they're bad about. Yeah, yeah they're bad on run defense. We, yeah, we, we literally we're well aware we of that. criticize them. I, I think pretty – Honestly, like on both sides of the ball. But the I thing mean, have we not heard Brian do... talk about Newman today? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> the thing that we don't do, though, is, you know, if we make a criticism, um, personally, I don't like using the word criticism because it has a negative connotation. But mm-hmm. we ask the question, what can they improve? And then we ask the question, how? We don't just say the Packers run defense sucks and then leave it at that. Yeah. Like it's not. We're not just out here just bashing. That's the thing that we're not doing. Do you you see know, we're going to ask the questions, what can improve? And then we're going to ask how. So we are we want to ask and then answer these questions instead of just throwing out blind shade at the team that we love. Yep. There's or no point love. in that. And honestly, all it does is it brings negative energy back to you when you do that stuff. That's why Jake and I started doing this show the way we started doing it like a year and a half ago. Is to do it from a better mindset, and then shockingly, you hear Aaron Rodgers say things like, "It's about the mindset. It's about the manifesting of what you are thinking about." I'm not saying that you know Aaron Rodgers is a perfect role model, but you know, listening to listening to things like that where he's talking about the mindset, if you go into a game not just here to be the first person to complain on Facebook and have people agree with you because it does whatever it does for your ego. But if you actually watch it, looking for positive takeaways from a game that might not end in a positive result, you can still see that there are good things to take away. I will give you an example. The goal line defense. That is a perfect example to me. The Packers are down 14 points, and they're at the what three-yard line, and they stop them on third and goal, and then they give up a penalty, and they get a fresh set of downs at the, what, the two-yard line, and they still hold him to a field goal? Like, it's not like the defense was playing with the game on the line. 
but they still made a yeah. goal line stop. That's still a positive takeaway despite the Packers losing. Yeah. Well, there are still positive takeaways from negative outcomes. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add on the if it's just the commanders. No, I think that's good enough. All I right. Um, I believe Jake has the last question. All right. The last question. Is there a player you think deserves more playing time? For me, I have one guy. Um, and he plays in the D-line. Um, I picked D-line this week because I was watching him a lot in the game. Um, I think one guy that deserves more playing time is TJ Slayton. I think I think putting him take t- sharing a little bit more snap share with uh, Dean Lowry, and I have nothing against Dean Lowry. I'm not one of those guys. I actually like Dean Lowry. I think he does his job. I just think TJ last week. I, yeah, I, I just think that TJ Slayton is a little bit more you know built to take on those double teams, just strictly because of his girth. I mean, to be completely well, on the interior so. for sure. Just, just being honest. Just being honest. Yeah, Aaron yeah, Jones. Really I mean, Aaron Jones plays a lot. He just doesn't touch the ball a lot, which is pretty sad, Robert. <laughs> but anybody um, else? Simon or Brian, do you guys got a guy you want to throw out there for that? No, I was yeah, gonna anyone. Say, I was going to go say ahead, TJ man. Slayton as well. I was just going to echo that sentiment. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say anyone in the old line room, not named Ryan Newman. <laughs> Name Royce Newman. <laughs> Royce Newman, yeah. See, he's so forgettable. I'm a fan. He's already, he's already ready to cut him. <laughs> it's, it's over. He doesn't even know his name um, anymore. Was he picked in the third round by chance? <laughs> no, he was the fourth round pick. Fourth round, right? No. Um, uh, no, I would literally, I would say, like being not being facetious, I would say facetious. Facetious. I always say that word wrong. And Simon always makes fun of me for it. Anyways, yeah. Yash Nyman. <laughs> Yash Nyman, I think he's, he, I think he's a top five offense lineman on our team, and he needs time to uh, on the field. Yeah, and I hope Robert asked if it's Tom time at right guard. We're gonna get into the the offensive line uh, once we get into the preview here, which we're about to do. So, um, I'm trying to think about it. You know, one guy that came to mind was Samari Toure, just strictly because if if Sammy Watkins doesn't play this week, um, because I think. I think I'm done with Winfrey. I think I actually had him as like one of my last three off the roster um, when we did the Wisco Disco. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm feeling Samari Toure if Sammy Watkins doesn't play. Um, outside of that, one other guy that I would toss out there would maybe be um, Rudy Ford. Uh, he's been pretty widely, or I shouldn't say widely, um, well regarded by Joe Barry. Um, at the safety position when he played in the absence of Adrian Amos. So I would maybe throw Rudy Ford out there um, as a potential option. But Samari Toure, definitely, if Sammy Watkins doesn't play, I think he needs to um, leapfrog Jawan Winfrey on the depth chart at wide receiver. I'd be cool with Toure. All right. So is there, can, I, can I just add a kind of a cool stat that I found? Go ahead. So when Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton are – Playing on the line, they're giving up less than three yards per carry. When they're, they're both big, they take up space. Yeah, and they so even, they don't even have to get a push. They're just yeah, massive. <laughs> just stand there. Yeah. yeah, that's what Gilbert Brown did. My dad tells me all the time. He's like, I used to love Gilbert Brown. You just tell his big ass, you sit right in the middle. This is how my dad talks. I love you, Dad. I'm not picking on you. You put your big ass right here and don't move. And he was like, he would just stand there with two two humans pushing on him. And that is all I'm looking for TJ to do as well. 
I think TJ Slayton. I, I feel like he's made some plays on his limited snaps. He has, too. Like he he's has. always well, he, in he there. He definitely has. Yeah. Like you see him make one or two like big tackles for loss or something in the middle of the game. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to throw out there um, from the Jets game before we move on? No, burn it all down and move on. Fuck you, sauce. <laughs> Fuck you, sauce. That game. I mean. I gotta say. Are, how mad were you guys about that on a scale of one to ten? I wasn't at all. Like, like, like literally not at all. Because no, I've seen some Packers trash him, but I was just like, eh. I was. I wasn't mad at dude. I thought it was funny. Like a I did too. The game I was even, even Lazard when he knocked it off. He's like, "Yeah, I was doing it just to mess with him." He's like, "We were laughing down the tunnel." Yeah. It's like, I mean, people yeah. need to take take stuff a little less seriously. So, yeah, pe- I, people I was, people I seem to forget bad. like this is a game, and they're they're out there having fun too. It's entertainment. Yeah, I yeah, get it's it. They paid a lot, and, but you see, I, I didn't think it was after. disrespectful at all. I was just like, "Yeah, that's that's funny." He's enjoying yeah. being at Lambeau Field, like, yeah, yeah. probably a dream of that his. Didn't really make me mad. No. All right, well, let's go into the preview. I will defer to Bryant here for the Packers and Commanders injury report. This is going to get uh, – should be relatively short, but I'll let, uh, I'll let Bryant go. Yeah, for the Packers, it's pretty – it's nothing uh, unexpected. Randall Cobb is out. Uh, Jake Hansen is out, unfortunately. Um, and then Chris Watson is out. Uh, Christian Watson is out. I'm hoping it's weird to keep because I keep people hear people say, well, they might put him on IR. So I'm like, why would they do that after having him sitting him two weeks? I think it, yep. next week he might have a chance to return already the week after that. I think they're just right. letting him heal up. We, I feel they like we need to get him on the putting him on IR. Yeah. Like why it, they would have put him on because it's not like baseball. I don't think they can like, they can't make it retroactive. There's no right? retroactive. Maybe I'm wrong, if they were going to do it, they would have done it last so. week. They would have done it exactly. I feel like we need to get him back, and we need to throw him the ball down the field instead of handing it to him behind that line of scrimmage. Anyways, different. He's averaging four point eight um, yards a carry. I will give him that. Yeah. So, and then um, I do think there's a chance Watkins comes back this week because he has been practicing. We'll see. Um, 
hopefully that happens. Another one that we haven't heard much about yet is Kylan Hill, too. He's getting ready, too. He's been practicing a couple weeks, so we'll see when he's ready to come back. As for um, the Washington Commanders, they're pretty beat up. So they have um, a running back out. Uh, obviously, Carson Wentz is out. Logan Thomas is out. Um, one of the cornerbacks is out. Uh, Dotson is questionable. They're, one of their tackles is questionable. Um, they just had a cornerback played on placed on IR, Tariq Castro-Fields. And then they had uh, Diami Brown pull uh, is out, who had a couple of huge plays earlier. And then another tight end that's questionable. So they're pretty beat up. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Um, Green Bay is relatively healthy, a bunch of those people coming off. So, um, you know, we had good news with Cobb this week that it's not going to be, you know, season ending or anything like that. So hopefully you are close to getting Watkins back. Yeah. If Diami Brown if Dotson healthy, doesn't play. Yeah. If Dotson doesn't play. Target. If Diami Brown is healthy and Washington wants to trade him, I would take him as, yeah. as like a dark horse trade target for the backers. That's, yeah. yeah, that's actually pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. So and so if and if Dotson misses the game too, like they're down to scary Terry essentially. And um, and Scary Terry's really good. Good. Um, lock it up. Yeah. Curtis Samuel's yeah. been pretty good this year too. Yeah, Curtis Samuel's been yeah. he's yeah, had a couple like, solid games. Our family Debo. No pack. No so, paper bags, John. So all right. Yeah, so, that's it for the injury report. Yeah. Um, let's start with let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Um <clears throat> so I'm just gonna I'm kind of looking at some of the, so strictly just as we're coming out of the injury report part of this. Um I want to bring up some of the stuff that's been talked about with Sammy Watkins and why I'm why some of my thought process is while while Bryant is talking that I'm giving the thumbs up that I think he's going to play. So looking at comments from um, Matt Lafleur, um, looking at Aaron Rodgers specifically his comments, um, the way that they're talking, like if you listen to um, like their tones. And just kind of like listen between the lines a little bit. It sounds like they expect him to play. And then if you listen to Watkins himself talking, um, he's talking about it. He's giving a lot of credit to, like Rogers was, giving credit to the coaches, giving credit to the trainers. Um, Sammy Watkins said he felt this is the quickest recovery from an injury that he's ever had. Um, and listening to, you know, like I said, listening to Rogers, LaFleur. I think Sammy Watkins is going to play based on the way that these guys are talking. Um, so I'm going to go to Bryant, who's going to talk about some of the running back touches, and then we're going to get into the offensive line changes just because um, that's one of the hot topics going on. So I'll go back to Bryant on some of the running back touches. Yeah, so I know we kind of pushed that this um, last week. Was yeah, get them the ball, get them the ball. This week it was it's really hard. It was really hard because our offensive lineman was playing so bad. Um, it's still like this week I'm not gonna complain about the touches because I understand I get it, it sucks they threw it 45 times or whatever and ran it 20. The part that is kind of weird to me was the couple tosses to the outside were working. It was it was almost like they were giving the ball to the wrong running back in this situation, like is how I thought of it. I was like, why isn't Aaron Jones getting that carry? A lot of times it was like Aaron Jones running in the middle and it was like Dylan getting the quick passes out. There's one like stands in my mind as Dylan got like one-on-one with the safety. Dylan is the type of, I love him. He's the type of person that wants to run through contact. It, it, and he got tripped up on a play that if it's Aaron Jones, it's probably a first down on a little swing pass. 
So it, Dylan did out touch Jones, and I'm not. It was I'd like them to you know have more touches, um, but I feel like in this type of game, there was a couple times where that like they're running plays that probably should be run for Aaron Jones, but giving it to Dylan and vice versa. And then Jones after that, missed, like a couple chunks of plays on a couple of series, yeah. I think he was he a little bit banged, banged up a little in some bit. of these series. So yeah. I will say I I'm not Fair, trying to make but, an excuse, but. Yeah. Aaron Jones did miss a handful of plays. But this is the type of game where I I want – I wish they would have thrown the ball to them. They did throw the ball a little more to the um, running backs. I think Jones had three catches. Dylan had four. But Dylan also had a couple catches. He normally – even if they're not, like, perfect throws, he normally makes. He didn't make this time. The one to Aaron Jones, once they, it was early in the game, I was pounding my fist on the table for last week in the preview. Throw it to him down the field. Tyler made the joke, oh, Brian really wants to see the nine route to <laughs> Jones. He did. He threw it to him, but Aaron Rodgers talked about it, how he said he didn't adjust for the wind and it pulled it up, out of bounds. I wish they would have gone to back to something like that because if Jones catches that ball, it's like a 50-yard gain or a touchdown possibly if he breaks that tackle. Like, it's a huge gain. So I wish if they, they would have went to throwing the ball more to them um, if they realized they weren't going to be able to run it. So hopefully this, this – look, the – Washington's defensive line is nasty. They have five players with three plus sacks. Like, if you look at Allen's stats, like, this is this dude's stats. Listen to this three and a half sacks, seven tackles for losses, and three pass defends and an interception. And then lining it right next to him is um, Payne, who has three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, also three passes defended. Like, that's the middle of their line. So I don't know that we're going to be able to run the ball up the middle against these guys. We need to be, if we're not going to be able to run the ball, we're going to need to get the running backs involved in a quick screen passing game and figure something out. Run through the air. Exactly. So people might be upset with like, this isn't going to be, this game is not going to be pretty. Like it's this defense is very similar to ours. People look at the wall. It's always just the commanders. Their defense is pretty dang good. Okay. You can run on them a little bit. You can throw on them a little bit, but that that front five that they're running out there is nasty. So on that we'll subject, on that subject, um, the Packers have the number one third down defense in conversions and percentage. Uh, Washington has the number six third down defense in conversions and the number three third down defense in in percentage. So, you know, like like Brian just said, the uh, the Commanders defense. I almost said Redskins. Commanders defense is legit. Um, so they have 37 tackles for loss that defense does. That's pretty that's six a game. That's crazy. Green Bay has 30. So like, that's I'm saying like they have more tackles for loss than us and they have 19 sacks, which is like fourth in the league. So, um, Justin, we're going to get two special teams in a bit. Jake is going to cover, uh, special teams. um, <laughs> Um, I'm going to stick with Bryant just because we're going to talk about the offensive line changes as well. Um, we've kind of touched on that a little bit just in the in the questions that we asked, but um, let's go back to the offensive line. Yeah, I they have to make a change. I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like I feel like Royce had the chance, like when he got benched and then he had to come back from injury, he played just as poorly. Like if that didn't fire him up to be like, okay, I'm on the verge of losing my job. Like, at this point, I get it that Tom is young. I get it that he's a rookie. Well, guess what? Who else made their first starts as a rookie? David Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins. Josh Myers. Those, Josh Myers. These people turned out pretty well. So if it's going to be Zach Tom or if we're going to kick Elton Jenkins. And I, 
I don't know that I I don't know Elton doesn't get as much media time, so I don't know that I, I don't want to assume it'd be a pride issue for him. I get he wants to play right tackle because he's gonna get paid more there, but I can guarantee he'll get paid more as a right guard that's all pro level than a right tackle that's in the bottom tw- ten of the league because he's not been good there right now. He's been and I get he's getting healthy, but if he's not a hundred percent, push him in the inside where he's not you know he's just snap you know he's not having to move so wide as much or anything like that. But I, I don't think they can go through another game with rolling Royce Newman out there against this off defensive so, line. Like I'll throw up in my mouth. Like we have to try something different. Let let me let me ease your mind a little bit here with Adam Stenovich's comments. So obviously Adam Stenovich was the offensive line coach last year. He's the offensive coordinator this year. He was asked how much time he still spends the offensive line. He still he says he still spend a ton of time with the offensive linemen. Um, a couple of things that he said really made me feel like these changes are coming. So one of the things he brought up was preparation during training camp of playing guys at multiple positions. He brought that up on his own. He wasn't asked about that. He brought that up on his own. Next thing was that he brought up is you want to get your best five out there where they're comfortable. That really made me feel like they're looking at Elton Jenkins, getting him back as a guard. And I'm not even saying specifically at right guard. They might go as far as moving Elton Jenkins back to left guard. That's what I was on that real quick. I did see that Roy. Uh, excuse me, John Runyon said he really wants to stay on the left side. He said that he came out and said that day that he had preferred to stay on the left side right. because for his play display. And, and in the in the spirit of continuity, I agree with that. And I'm, I would, if I could move Elton Jenkins somewhere, I would move him to right guard, um, just because I trust Elton Jenkins more at right guard, especially coming from right tackle. Um, than to put him all the way over to the left side and then bring Runyon over to the right. Yeah. So next thing was he said that Yash Nyman might get reps at right tackle this week during practice. Might not see him in a game right away. So I'm just going to say this. If they stick with Newman for just this week, do not freak out. Because they're, they're working. Yash it's Nyman Brian. He's going to freak out. It could ruin the game. Is my problem. Like at this point, like this, I'm, I don't want to spoil my. That if I don't want to spoil my key to victory, but it's the trenches. Like this is that type of game. Like if they're like, okay, let's just roll it out there one more week. And actually, on, since we're on the topic, one of my thing was O line changes. Is and Jake said it earlier. I don't know why something has to go t- catastrophically wrong for them to finally make a move. Like, why does it have to be so bad that they feel like they have no choice but to make a move? Wait, if you see something's wrong and you've tried to fix it a few times, a la the freaking defense the first couple weeks, and then finally you just have a terrible performance and you're way behind the whole league in pass defenses, you're way behind the league in a bunch of categories like that. Why do they have to, why would they make it to where they have to start Royce Newman against this line who is going to, their two best players are on the interior of the line. That's where I'm like, the only reason they gotta I bring that up is just because if, if Yash Nyman is only getting reps at right tackle, say today, because Elton Jenkins didn't practice today, that they might not want to put him out there with one day of practice. However, That's not an excuse. bringing They've had it all week. back, bringing it, he, he didn't say if he was doing it the whole week. I only saw this in his conference from yesterday. Um, so he might have just said the word might just to not make it seem like that's what they've been doing all week. They, he totally could have been taking reps there all week and just said he might take some reps at right tackle this week. Game I don't know because I'm not there at practice. Quite honestly, I'm at the point that 
the little bit that I've seen from Marshall Newhouse and Zach Tom, that if they need to kick Elton Elton into right guard, I would rather see Tom or um, Rasheed Walker roll out at right tackle or Tom at right guard than I would Royce Newman at this point because we've seen it. We've I would honestly, if we're, seeing Royce if we're talking Newman strictly on his right guard, if we're talking strictly right guard, I'd rather see what Caleb Jones could do because that dude is freaking massive. But he get, didn't he get added to like the non non football injury list or something? We keep forgetting about that. He, he was, was added to some sort of list. I thought. Yeah, but I, they added to him like some sort of list. I don't even know did, that he'd be um, eligible to play. Did you say Marshall Newhouse? He did. Yeah, he did. No, okay, I was, I was like, that's a throwback. I was going to let it slide. Bro. Like, no, I don't want having... Marshall Newhouse back. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I, I, I said it. Fine. I said Rasheed Walker the second time. I'm having PTSD about the yeah, right side yeah. of line right now. Okay, like. <laughs> It is not good. Anyways, getting back to even if Yash only had right tackle reps today, that brings me back to the training camp comment where they're talking about guys playing in multiple offensive line positions. Um, It wasn't often, but it did happen, I remember, just a couple times that Nyman was lined up at right tackle. It wasn't often, but there was a couple times when they were trying Zach Tom basically on every single position on the offensive line. Um, The last thing that I will say that Senevich brought up is that he said when making changes, so keep in mind he's already talking about making changes, when making changes, they will stick with the decision for a week or two. It won't be perfect right away. Um, That really makes me feel like they're making that change. The fact that he's bringing up how they're going to handle a change when a change is made, that really makes me feel like the change is already made and that he's thinking about how they're going to go forward with it. I really hope so. I'm sorry. I just like there's got to be a better option at this point. Whether or you got to try something. Like I don't want to say what worse, how how much worse could it be? Which because we know at times that it can be much worse. And we we're like, oh man, I wish, man, I wish Royce was out there. I don't feel like I'll ever say that. But like, I feel like we got to try something different because otherwise, Allen and Payne are like you're telling me that Allen and Payne aren't licking their chops watching that that tape. They're gonna run a stunt every play. Bro, th- that shit pissed me off. They ran the same stunt like six times, and it worked. And it worked every time. <laughs> they were and, lighting Rogers up, and Royce was laying on the ground, flopping yeah. like a fish. I will say, like James Harden, the guy that was already being blocked. I will say this: the one stunt was not Royce Newman's fault. That, one. That sh- that sh- yeah, but it was one of them where <laughs> Rogers got hit really bad. It was. The, it's the one where. Uh, uh, the picture where Rogers getting hit and they get a close up on his face. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. I'm just hearing somebody goddamn named Marshall Newhouse just threw me <laughs> off, man. I feel like I'm in 2012 now. I feel like it <laughs> just came out of a time machine. I was like, what is Sorry, going on? I'm fired up about like I cannot watch another game with him out there. Like no, he was, that was the he right was... tackle fault, is what I was trying to say. Yeah. But Jenkins, yeah, yeah, Jenkins. It was Jenkins' fault. He should he should have switched and picked up. You always block down. You block down. I mean, Jesus All Christ, right. how hard is that? So, sticking on the offensive side of the ball, um, I'm going to let Simon talk about Robert Tunyon. Yeah, so Brian hit it a lot uh, when he talked about his two-star, but I like how involved they're getting Tanyan uh, in the in the offense. Just in the last few weeks, you've seen his usage go up, and it seems like – it seems like Roger, huh? That's so what I was going to bring up too. Like, <laughs> yeah, the the more he's away from his ACL surgery and on the field, I feel like the more 
you can see the healthier he's getting, you know, the more he's getting upfield and being able to get those yards after the catch. Um, so like Brian said, he had 10 catches this week for 90 yards on 12 targets. And it seemed like, and this is, this is like one of those guys that, you know, he has Rogers trust. So on those plays, where it's like a broken play, he's going to look for Tunyon. And like he had that catch on the sideline on uh, Rogers' rollout when the pocket was collapsing and he just found him on the sideline. Like that's the stuff you like to see. Um, uh, and then they had a couple two-by-two two formations where he had an out route with the linebacker on him. Like this is – these are the stuff you like to see. And Rogers is doing a pretty good job of hitting him on the back uh, – you know, the – outside shoulder that way he can get those extra extra yards i think he had like 20 28 yards after the catch or something like that um so yeah i, I just i really like their in, uh involvement of tony and also um i think getting him on these chip blocks to help out you know the right and left tackle is huge and he, there was a couple of plays where he chipped and then immediately went out for a route. And I think Rogers found him a couple times too in the middle of the field for a dump off. So it's encouraging what I'm seeing from Robert Tunyon on a week to week basis and their usage of him. One thing I want to throw out there with Tunyon is that it honestly, it couldn't be happening at a more perfect time that Rogers getting a trusted, um, a trusted um, target going again in the absence of Randall Cobb. We've mm-hmm. talked about it a bunch of times, how important Randall Cobb has been on third down. Now without Randall Cobb, Rogers is going to be looking for somebody that he can turn to on third down that's going to have the chemistry with him. Outside of Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon is the one. Um, so being able to have that trust in Robert Tunyon and, and him having that capability as well uh, is really important. So. I think Redskins, have, oh, excuse me, geez. The Commanders have been, I'm like living in the past. Um, the Commanders have been pretty good against tight ends this week. So that, that saying, just saying that to say, like, hey, if Tanya doesn't have his best game, it's okay. But like, he has been really good this year. He's getting yeah. there. He's been solid for us ever since he came back. He's already have, yeah, he's way ahead of pace of where he was last. Um, yeah, absolutely. Way last ahead. Yeah. yeah, he's way ahead. Um, so, Let's go to let's go to some matchups. Um, go to the matchups that we're watching. For me, Bryant already kind of hit on mine when he gave his key to victory. But for me, I'm actually watching the trenches, um, watching the potentially reworked offensive line versus Washington's good defense, good defensive line. So, um, Bryant, what matchup are you watching on offense? Yeah, my matchup I'm watching is just um, I'm going to watch. I think Kyler. Fuller, Kyle Fuller is going to be on Lazard. So I'm kind of jumping ahead to my Simon says, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking dubs might like, I think he's at the point where he's, he might start taking most, a lot of the targets. So I'm kind of watching Dobbs this week with against, um, if he gets lined up against St. Juicy or whatever, however you say his name. The cornerback in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what's the matchup you're watching on offense? I'm right there with you. Packers front five versus uh, Washington front four. Uh, those D tackles, uh, Bryant already went over it. Those D tackles are no joke at all. And another guy that he didn't name, 
Uh, Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat. That guy. That guy's a monster. Yeah, he's I said there's five of them, so I didn't want to name them all. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. Then they, you know, and I was running out of room on my paper, you know, to to write my notes, and all of a sudden. Washington just has this guy with two last names. I was like, yeah, fuck you guys, man. I have this guy's name in here. Uh, James Smith-Williams, two sacks as well, 11 tackles. So, I mean, he's no slouch over there. He's he's getting to the quarterback and pressuring him. So, And remember, they're without uh, Chase Young. So this this front four is, is monstrous. And legit. God, can you imagine if they had Chase Young, too? Oh, well, I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago in his rookie year. Oh, yeah, his rookie year was nasty. They, they, he, they were all going crazy. And I would take De'Ron Painter, Jonathan Allen. I, honestly, if they were going to make a trade and they made a trade for one of those guys, I would be fucking ecstatic. Yeah, Allen's a beast, man. It wouldn't make sense since we drafted Wyatt, but that shit would be crazy. If they traded Dean Lowry for like a De'Ron Painter or something, imagine that. Imagine Maybe, De'Ron yeah. Painter next to Kenny Clark. It's, Wyatt's a bust. Cut him. Yeah, I will say so. Yeah. One thing about their their defense is they've only allowed three rushing touchdowns, which is pretty good. But they have allowed twelve passing touchdowns, so that's yeah. why I kind of chose Dubs, and that's like tied for the most in the league. So they've allowed, they're only allowing they've like two hundred twenty yards. Yards is yeah, the thing. They average, weird. They allowed one hundred thirty-one yards match. per game for rushing. So yeah, you can run on them. It's just going to be ugly for us if we're trying to run inside. I think right. I think this is one of those games where we have to go back to those little tosses that sometimes we hate so much because they're they are primed to get you know a tackle for loss for six five six yards. But I think this will be the type of game if we especially if we have Watkins back out there blocking again. You know, you line up um, Mercedes Lewis on that side, have Watkins and Lazard on that side, and you throw a toss out there. There's probably going to be some good blocks. So, so I think you're watching on offense. Uh, I got two, I guess, just kind of going off what Brian just said. Uh, they could make use of those outside zone runs. Khalil Herbert had a really good run against them last week. They missed 15 tackles last week Ooh. as a defense. So I feel like nice. this could be a huge Aaron Jones game if they if they try not to cuss. If they utilize him. <laughs> like I want to emphasize that if Aaron Jones gets touches. And he's one of those slipperiest backs in the league, and they're not good at tackling. I feel like it should be a, a no-brainer. <laughs> and the other one I got is Brian just touched on one of their cornerbacks. So Kendall Fuller has allowed 389 passing yards against his coverage this season. He's second in the league. Wow. Anyone want to take a guess who's first? The other one. <laughs> no, it's uh, I just just because I feel like crapping on the Bears because I'm salty. Diggs. Uh, Kyler, <laughs> Kyler Gordon. Oh, nice. He's oh, first in the yeah. league. And so I'm looking for those matchups because the Packers exploited Kyler Gordon in the week two matchup. So I'm looking for whoever's lined up across from him and Rodgers to look to take advantage of him. Good call. Don't get me wrong. Damn like, Lazard, like, I don't Tom think we're going to do that plays. Yeah, we're going to do our plays. But that, like, don't get me wrong, that throw from Rodgers to Lazard was disgusting. But it shouldn't be that hard for them to complete. Oh, but the just back shoulder? One, well, that was good, but I'm talking about the one back. Oh, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. But there's just plays that Dobbs have been made. Like, if they can get a little more time to get to him, but, like, that hands catch that I was going to talk about, like, him to mm-hmm. him pluck it out and hold on to it strong. Like, you can tell he's like, okay, oh, I yeah. can't fumble this. Nice. And it was out there, and he held on to it, like, 
he just does things that it's just like this kid i think is going to be very good and i can't wait to actually see him us get watson back and i don't want to say they're going to be i'm not going to say they're going to be Devonte and freaking mvs but like they're like the you know cheaper version of them right now i think they can be i think dobbs is like a he's great slowly, value Devontae Adams. Yeah. yeah great value exactly <laughs> the up and up or whatever the target brand is um like <laughs> so like i just think that dobbs is going to start getting more targets um on some seam routes and some um in the middle of the field and hopefully on the outside too because he has been cooking some wider uh cornerbacks so we yeah. just need to get time to get them ball and i'm hoping it's this week because i want to see it personally all right so to transition i'm gonna let jake talk about special teams and then we're gonna talk about the defense Oh, well, our special team sucks again. <laughs> That's okay. how I want to start this. Um, I just can't believe, and I'm going to say this before I, I really get into it, um, the mom- a momentum play that happened, and I blame this on the offense. Um, sometimes I think that offenses should get, like, points taken off or whatever way there should be a new stat that you can figure it out. Not that the defense gets the points, you know, for a block punt. The offense ran 11 plays to start the second half. They gained 20 fucking yards, 20 yards on 11 plays. And then the block punt happened. That is exactly when I knew we lost right there. That is when I felt like we lost that game. We ran 11 plays for 20 yards and we got a block punt for a touchdown. That is when all the F-bombs started, first of all. (laughs) So I was like, are you? And if you watch that, if you watch that replay, I don't understand why McDuffie like just let the and you see Dallin Levitt try to get back it, over and make the block, but McDuffie had no reason of letting the person like moving to block somebody else yeah. closer to the center of the line. He just moved in. the blame for that. Um Basaccia said that it was his fault for calling the coverage that he did. Okay. What what the Sure. It could have been, it could be just him covering Don't leave for his a guy gaping a mistake, hole right in the middle of the That's exactly block. what that is. That is exactly what that is, Tyler. It's him covering for his guy, and that is bullshit. Uh, you know, part of me go back and watch it. Man, Duffy just disengages and moves over, and the guy runs right through the gap. And and what what's the what's the quickest way to to you know point A to point B? Straight line, right? So yeah. if you're in the middle of the goddamn line, you obviously, like I said, you block down. It's pretty self-explanatory. I learned that when I was like 14 years old and playing football. <laughs> I don't let anybody go straight at a guy. It's pretty fucking. Simple. Runner on the edge. The thing about special teams, you know, the first couple weeks. Hey, let's give them credit. They blocked a punt too. Like that was awesome. They did. They did. Really signed Eric Wilson. I was going to give them. And then the offense did jack all with it. Yeah, I was was going to say good job by the offense. Credit for that. Yeah, that was crazy. I can't believe we got a block punt. I was like, holy shit, we're doing something on special teams. And then they blocked the field goal, and they blocked the punt for a touchdown. And you know, I'm not going to pile on because last week. It just felt like whatever could go wrong went wrong. That's how I felt about that game. The special teams had a bad week, had an off week, and I'm not going to pile on like every other fan. Like, oh, special team sucks again. That's why I said that. I was kind of trolling. But they had a bad week, and, you know, overall for the season, they've been very, very good. So So I want to point out that everything I praised last week – Ended up not showing up. John Runyon Jr. special. I was going to text you that. You shot it up, not us. You said it. I was like, dude, you praised John Runyon. You got to. I was like, like, these guys are performing well. I feel good about where we're at. Then they just. That's what happened to me during last weekend's Badger game. So last Wednesday, I'm talking about Michigan State, and I'm like, 
they're actually doing a really good job of not being penalized a lot. And they had like six penalties in the first half. <laughs> but um, Jake, you can turn the frown upside down by switching from the special teams to talking about Jair Alexander. Yeah. So Jair Alexander, um, people were critical of him and the quarterback as well. And they were trying to make it more than it was, like we already said. But I love that he came out and was aggressive. And I actually think his comments may have got to Barry a little bit and made him flip his defensive coverages. Maybe maybe his talk of if we lose the Jets or maybe, you know, if we don't do this or, you know, he's a dog, you know, like we talked about. I think Jair being aggressive and letting his play set the tone is the kind of leader he is. You know, we talked about Rodgers being a leader before. Jair's that kind of guy where he, you know, like, like you know, Simon said it before, if you ever watch his, his interviews, he's a little awkward. It's funny, but he's a little awkward. I, I love it. <laughs> it's you know, I love it too. I love his personality. That's him. That's who he is, and I love everything about it. You know, I always when I think of Jair, I always think of him in those those white yeah. sunglasses. Oh, yeah, I yeah. always think of him in Willy those. Wonka. Every time I see that, I think of Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, like when I think of Jair, I'm like, bro, he just clamps dudes and he just wears whatever the hell he wants. But when he goes out there and he puts that helmet on, he you know, he feels like he's the best cornerback in the NFL. And last week he was for a good margin of that. Um, I was watching was watching a guy on Twitter break down some film, and he was talking about Garrett Wilson, you know, not getting into his breaks correctly. And then he gave credit to Jair for kind of forcing him into those situations. Yeah. And he's like, welcome to the NFL, rookie. Like, this is what playing against a top NFL corner is like. You're not just going to run up to a guy and then break outside. Your quarterback's going to have nine seconds to throw the ball like at Ohio State. You, know, you got yeah. two seconds to make that break. And yeah, Jair's right there uh, on your ass. Garrett Wilson had four targets with Jair on him. Jair had three pass breakups in those four targets. He was clamping him. Yeah. He was so getting once, no air space. Yeah. Yeah. And he completely messed up an out route. And people were blaming Zach Wilson for the out route. But if you watch, if you watch Garrett Wilson Probably run that flustered. route, yeah, when you when you run that route, you're supposed to get skinny, which means you're supposed to supposed to stay on the positive side of the numbers, so stay to the wide side of the numbers, and then you break out and you you leave a window for your quarterback to hit. Yes, the windows are small in the NFL, but Zach Wilson's a pretty good quarterback. I think he's I think he's improving. Yeah, he's I'll say on. that. Um, he's definitely better than Justin Fields. I'd rather have Zach Wilson than Justin Fields. Yeah, 100%. I knew somebody was going to say it, so I wanted to say it first. Yeah. But <laughs> Garrett Wilson wasn't able to do that because of Jair's aggressiveness on the play. He inside shaded and he he pushed him outside, and he actually gave a smaller window than the already small window in the NFL. So, I wanted to give credit to Jair for all his pass breakups and his aggressiveness, and I think that's something that they could feed off of that could create momentum. So Bryant wanted to talk about the man coverage as a whole. So this obviously involves Jair and more. Yeah, and and. Jake hit a lot of it, but just allowing them to play more man, like you've seen it instantly. You've seen them not giving soft third downs up. You've seen them around the ball. We went into the game with up like six or seven. Too. Yeah, and and I said it. One of my Simon says last week was five pass breakups and two interceptions. We oh, didn't get the interceptions, but, but we had the chance. But the thing is, we hit the five pass breakups. We almost doubled it in one game. You know why? Because we let the cornerbacks play to their strength. Savage had a pass breakup that he could have very well intercepted in the end zone. And Jair had the pass breakup on that route that Jake was just talking about that he could have very well intercepted. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The fact that they're around the ball more, I mean, Lowry had one batted down, I think. So that's where we got the five, but um, the fact that they're around the ball more, that's going to lead those pass breakups that normally will lead to some more interceptions. Granted, it really hasn't like Washington Mm -hmm. has like 
27 or something on the year and only two interceptions as well. So they don't, that's the one thing we didn't say about their defense. They haven't forced a lot of turnovers as well, but the fact that they were just playing up and getting in their faces and they got to do it again this week against jaw came out today. I think it's, and he said, I want to be on Terry. Like, and I, I think Jake hit the nail on the head where it's like Barry felt pressured and probably was like our, he felt it. And I'm sure LaFleur and everyone else talked to him like, Hey, we need to play something different here. Like we have these studs and they're not around the ball ever. Cause they were just, people are just running crossers on them. There was only one play this whole game, the longest play. I got to find this. Cause I wrote this down. Cause this, I found this really interesting. Um, they had the one play to, to Davis for uh, the 41 yards, which is kind of a broken yep. coverage or whatever. After that, the longest completion to a wide receiver was 11 yards. The other two, the 14 and 16 yarder, went to tight ends. Why? Because the cornerbacks were right in the freaking wide receiver's faces. And and we talked about it last week. The Jets have some okay, a decent wide receiver core. Like they have a, they have a very a, solid yeah. wide receiver core. Yeah. So the fact that we were up in their faces, the fact that yeah, he's a rookie, and Terry will probably is obviously going to give Ja more of a challenge than than um, Garrett Wilson Garrett did. Wilson. But I would say that Zach Wilson's probably probably a better quarterback than Heineke. Heineke has his moments and stuff like that, but so that's where it's going to even out. Tier, so, but I'm, yeah. I would agree with that. So we need to pressure, we need to get in his face, continue to do this. And I know that um, Barry came out and said, well, we're not going to run it all the time, but we're definitely going to, we're probably going to look at letting Jaw be more in, uh, in people's time. faces. Well, I hope that still happens with Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes. As well, because I don't, I didn't remember how many times we were seeing that Eric Stokes getting burnt before this game, and it looked like he was getting burnt. That's because it, it was zone defense, and he was always flat-footed. I don't think he, I don't remember who had the broken coverage against Corey Davis, or if that was a lot of yak. I can't remember that the play exactly. Stokes. 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 So Corey Davis broke out, and Stokes tried to jump it like he was going to throw um, like a pass on the sideline, and then Corey Davis, after he broke out, broke up. Oh, and then right. Stokes with two uh, steps behind him. Okay. If that yeah. ball so is on the zone, Corey Davis probably gets yeah. like a 60-yard touchdown. Okay, so I stand corrected. He did get burnt the one time, but it was still way f- – yeah. like I feel like against the Giants, we were watching Stokes chase people out of the field the whole game. Even, so I really even like the fact that they're playing up. Like I'm, I'm actually not mad at it because he yeah. was trying to jump her out to make a play. I Jake would much I rather get – A lot where we yeah. don't fault the effort. So like, yeah. like I don't really fault him for making that mistake. But like I brought up a bunch of times last week when they were talking about mistakes, like Lafleur, Barry, were talking about making mistakes is to not make the same mistake twice. Yeah, force them to beat us deep. Like, we gotta force. We have to force Heineke to beat us deep. We we gotta continue to do what we're doing. And if if Scary Terry is the one that scares you, have Savage or Amos over the top helping shadowing or whatever. And then the other, the only other person you gotta watch. I'm sure they're gonna use a lot of Curtis Samuel and out of the backfield stuff like that. So we just got to, we just are, you know, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell have to be ready for that. But I just like the fact that we finally, this defense cannot be passive. They have to be the strength of this team. And by doing that, they ne- they need to be the ones throwing the punches instead of dodging the punches. Um, Joe Barry used the term instead of throwing the punches. He used the term slamming the door. That was the term that Joe Barry used. Um, John said the Packers missed Nathaniel Hackett. I think Nathaniel Hackett misses the Packers too. <laughs> uh, yeah so let's throw that out there um <clears throat> so i'm gonna let simon talk about um 
the Packers run defense, and then I'm going to let Jake talk about this, the defensive line specifically. Yeah, so uh, I kind of specifically just wanted to talk about the linebackers. It's kind of it's kind of sad to see a first-team All-Pro linebacker from last year look the way that Devondre Campbell has this year. He has nine missed tackles this year by himself. Yep. And it's on a couple – like. On the Brees Hall 37-yard touchdown run, uh, Quay Walker kind of overstepped his bound and got caught up with the tackle, and he tried to make he a tackle, and he just whiffed on it. And, I mean, he's he's definitely making rookie plays. Uh, but Campbell, is just, he just looks lost out there sometimes. Like, I'm watching him, and I watched a couple of the plays, uh, and he got caught up on the inside and a couple – uh, on a couple off tackle runs where they gain like seven or eight yards, and he's just not making those decisive actions that he took last year to earn that all pro title. And the run defense, I, I feel like some of it is the personnel that they have on the field sometimes, like they run a lot of two down linemen with four linebackers. and it's in very obvious running situations like they're in the fourth quarter when they had the lead and they would just run the ball down our throats. We're still playing two down <laughs> linemen and it just blows my mind. Um, and I'm sure Jake will talk about this a little bit more, but you know, 12 missed tackles between the two that they look lost out there sometimes and they're just getting carved up. And I, I don't, I don't really know what they can really do like that. They just have to make better decisions and find themselves in better positions to make a play on the, on the runner. I don't know. It's, I mean, I don't want to say it sucks. We just gave him that huge contract. I think it is one that we can get out of pretty easily if I remember it, but yeah, I don't know. What I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying we should, no, I don't think know, he should be, be done with him or anything. anything. He should be, hopefully he just, he's, he's on a five year, back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 10 million, yeah, so. like, if he goes the rest of the season and plays really solid, even if he's not at all pro level, like 10 million for a, a very good middle linebacker is still a number you can live with. Right. Well, he needs to be playing very good to get that. Yeah. But I agree with you. Hopefully, he gets that back. It's just a disappointment. It's just weird because, like, it, the continuity is there. So, I agree with Simon. I don't, it's just disappointing. It's like, what happened? Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for me to talk about the D-line. So, talking about the D-line, I took down their snap percentages uh, from last week. I only did last week, not season totals. Last week, Kenny played 46%. Jaron Reed played 37%. Lowry played 32 TJ Slayton played 20%. And Devontae Wyatt played 7%. So, you know, Wyatt's getting up to speed. I will say this about the D-line. I think that the stunts that they're calling, you know, strong right, strong left, I think they're calling the right way. You know, the, the D-line is definitely flowing the offensive line the correct way. It's on the linebackers the next level after that. You know, and I expect Quay Walker to make rookie mistakes. I do. You know, he's he's in the first half of his rookie season. The shit's fast. Okay, they're coming at you fast, and he's fast, and everything's fast, you know, especially for Justin Fields. Everything's really, really fast. Definitely um, over-pursuing because of that, yep. They are. Yeah. The thing that the linebackers have to do 
is they have to trust their eyes and they have to to read and react a little bit better. And that's where Barry's going to coach them up. And I trust Barry to to right that wrong. Now, the reason that I said I want TJ Slayton to play a little bit more than Lowry is because Lowry just can't get off single blocks. He's getting killed on single blocks. So TJ Slayton is a bigger guy. Like I said, he got more girth. Simon's going to laugh at that again because he's a giant child. Yep. <laughs> so he takes up more space. It's the same way I feel about Devontae Wyatt. I feel like Wyatt could, could be a guy that could just take up a little bit more space. So maybe on run-heavy downs, maybe you have a lineup of Kenny, TJ Slayton, and Wyatt. So, you know, the, you know those gaps are a little bit more enclosed. Um, I do like Reed on passing downs, though. I think Jaron Reed has been a very, very good signing. Very, you know, low-key, low like low-risk, high-reward signing. I think he's been fantastic, which is why he's playing the second-most snap percentage on the D-line. Here's where I, where, where I get a little upset. You see teams like the New York Jets with guys I've never even fucking heard of running twists. When the hell is the last time you've seen the Packers D-line run a twist? They don't do that. When they were a 4-3? Probably. (laughs) But I don't understand why you can't have Kenny start over the nose, have Lowry come inside, or have Jaron Reed, who has plenty of strength to push a guy back, have him come inside and have Kenny loop around. That way Kenny doesn't get the shit beat out of him every time he plays a damn snap. I mean, there's just things that you can do to mix things up. And we all talk about how soft the DBs are playing and how the linebackers are playing, and nobody's noticing how vanilla the D-line plays. And like I said, I think they're doing a good job, you know, stretching out these runs, but they got to continue or at least get better at stuffing the inside. And maybe a little contact on the running back before they get to the linebackers would be a nice thing too. So – there's definitely some things to improve, but Kenny's really the only one that's doing anything, you know, noteworthy. So <clears throat> a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball, um, not only coaches, like Joe Barry said it, um, <clears throat> Preston Smith said it, Kenny Clark said it, they all have great energy in practice this week. Um, guys keep bringing up great energy, great energy, good vibes in the practice this week. Um, Kenny Clark said they had great energy in practice, but the execution is how to translate that to the games. So that's what Kenny Clark said. Preston Smith said they need to play together, start strong, finish strong. So he brought up echoing the, you know, the comments by a lot of players and coaches throughout the season about playing a full game. Um, Preston Smith said the same thing now, start strong, finish strong. And then he also was another guy who echoed the, um, turnovers coming in bunches. So, you know, it's it's going to happen eventually. Um, it'd be nice if it happened this week and then against Buffalo. Um, if the Packers could make a statement win there and, you know, string a, string a winning streak to go. But uh, let's talk about the matchups we're watching. For me, I am watching Quay Walker versus Taylor Heineke. Um, if you can kind of negate that ability that he has to run, um, Quay Walker is a guy we can that can keep up with him. Packers didn't have that last year, so when we, you know there, there's a lot of conversation about you know Taylor Heineke ran for 99 yards on us last year. I feel that Quay Walker, if used even as just like a quarterback spy, can be used to negate some of that. Um, we've seen Quay Walker's sideline to sideline speed, so he's got the capability to keep up with that. So that's the matchup I'm watching. Um, Bryant, what matchup are you watching on defense? 
So as much as we talked about uh, Washington's defensive line creating sacks, their offensive line is terrible. So they've given up the most sacks in the league. So I'm watching um, I'm watching Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, and I'm hoping that they can just be just as effective as Washington's defensive line. And that's why I said this game will be one in the trenches, and I'm hoping that Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark can eat. So, yes, that's what I'm watching. Simon, what matchup are you watching on defense? Oh, that was going to be my one. But shocking that you and Brian had the same one because you guys just hold hands while you you shave the same day. You shower at the same time. I mean, Jesus. Probably. I mean, we have the same shower, too. (laughs) I was going to say we shower together. So, (laughs) (laughs) Brian doesn't Uh, seem as committed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm there. He's like, yeah, it's all my hot water that's getting used up. (laughs) Hey, hey, you could say I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, right. uh, oh, God. All right. I'm not that good at this joke. That escalated quickly. That escalated quickly. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're all fired. All right. Yep. Uh, true. So I, because, because Jair is probably going to shadow um, McLaurin um, this week, I want I think it'll be an interesting matchup for Rasul Douglas if they put him on Curtis Samuel because Rasul is a little bit of a bigger cornerback while Curtis Samuel is kind of like a small twitchy kind of guy I mean he's not a small dude but like he's kind of a twitchy wide receiver and he's leading the that team in catches this year so I think that'll be an interesting uh, matchup to see how they how they match up with Curtis Samuel, see how they're going to stop him. Because Curtis Samuel last week, he could have had a huge game, but he dropped a couple balls. Like he had one down the seam versus the Bears where it was a guaranteed touchdown. He just dropped it in the middle of the two safeties. Um, So he could, he could. Douglas' hands for a pick six. That'd be cool. I'm also fine with that. So I think that could be be an interesting matchup. That's a really good matchup, Simon. I think Curtis Samuel could give us some fits if that's the case because he is a lot more quick twitch than what yeah. you'll see from Douglas. So yeah. You could always just put Stokes on him at that point and have him keep up with the speed if that's the issue. But I, I think you'd want Stokes on Dotson on the outside. That depends if Dotson's playing or not. Yeah, I don't so think... that's going to be interesting. Really good matchup, though. Yeah. Jake, what's the matchup that you're watching? So Hold on one second. So oh. if that's, if that's a, a route they'd want to go – Stokes has only played five slot snaps this year. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a really interesting. I mean, I'm just I'm just it. trying to think of if, you know, let's say, let's say first half that Curtis Samuel has like five catches for 85 yards and 65 of them are after the catch and they yeah. need somebody that can keep up with them. I don't think you leave Rasul Douglas in there just because. Yeah. Just because of him being the slot. Or player. if they try like maybe like a. It is Joe Barry or something. About. Two. Hmm. Right. I swear uh, we can't make it. It's got to go all wrong for two weeks before we'll make the adjustment. Until I'll be, I'll be optimistic about it once I actually see it happen. Once at least. I mean, I guess we did this last week when we tried to replace Newman. So. <laughs> way to talk you through. Way to talk yourself through that, bud. Yeah. You just, you just went through I got a tennis ball. I got to bounce back. So. My matchup, 
I went vanilla, but it's the one that matters. It's Jair versus, versus Scary Terry. Uh, Terry is uh, their guy. He's their ex. He's the guy that makes the offense go. Uh, he only has 22 catches, 367 yards, and one touchdown this year. And I want his stats to stay exactly the same going into next week. So, Jair, there's your challenge. All right. Well, Jake, what's the weather going to be like? Oh, my God. I didn't write down the weather. Oh, my God. I didn't okay, write so down I'm the local, so I'll just, yeah, I was gonna say, I'll just talk to Brian. You, you tell me the weather. Take over the weather. So Take I've been, I've weather. been following the travel, uh, the weather all week because I, like I said, I'm going to the game, which oh I'm pissed gosh. at myself by the way for buying the tickets. You can get tickets for forty five dollars now in the same section. I spent two hundred dollars. Anyways, <laughs> I had to have them make sure that I had them for my son's birthday. But um, so it looked like there's gonna be a little bit of rain. There's still a chance of a light rain, but it's, for the most part, you're looking like sixty around 60, 65 degrees with cloud coverage and a five to 10 mile an hour wind with a possibility of just a little bit of rain, but that's mostly cleared up. So now they've said that several right. last few times, and then we have a downpour during the game. So I don't know. And All right. It's a weird Hurricane place. Confirmed. Very well cool. <laughs> Very well done, Brian. Yeah. All right. Uh, Simon, give me your key to victory. Score more points. Uh <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you gotta do it every Ryan, every few weeks. <laughs> I gotta do no, it every few weeks. I got a better weeks. one. <laughs> Score uh, way more points. It's just yeah, it's it's just stopping that nasty D line. That yeah, that D line is so gross. Um, so if 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 our offensive line, pretty God, uh, hope shows up and has a halfway decent game and holds them to minimal damage then i would call that a win jake what's your key to victory so i'm gonna bring it back to basketball again tyler's gonna know exactly what i'm talking about tyler you remember last year god where the hell were they playing yeah i I believe it was uh oklahoma city but they talked about how the bucks need to get back to having fun you know because they're feeling the pressure of you know, the championship, and they were kind of in that drought in the January, February area. Yeah. And the Bucks went out there, and Giannis got a couple dunks, and, and Drew Holiday hit a couple crazy, you know, fadeaway jumpers, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, the Bucks are back. They're having fun. So, for me, it's the Packers to get their swag back. Get your swag back. Get back to having fun. And I know Matt LaFleur has been saying it, but it's true, man. Um, you're your best self when you feel your best self. So, um, like Deion Sanders said, you look good, feel good, play good. I think get your swag back for this defense, for this offense, get feeling yourself. Rodgers get back to being Rodgers and Rashawn Gary continue sacking the quarterback. Everything will be right in, in Packers land. Um, Brian, what's your key to victory? <clears throat> you kind of mentioned it already, uh, but do it again. Benching Royce Newman. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do you think that Marshall Newell is available? could it be he probably would be play better no i did write i wrote down win in the trenches and honestly i don't even know that we have to win in trenches i think we have to break even in the trenches and i think we beat him everywhere else so i think if we can hold our own in the trenches give aaron a little bit of time this is going to be a quick passing game we're not going to see too many shots i would love to see a lot more of aaron Rodgers under center from play action like that we'll see if that happens this game uh but i do think just breaking even in the trenches i think will get us to where we need to be this game and I, I've said win the turnover battle every time. We just can't do that. We're just like if we could break even there too. So if, if we break even this game, aside from scoring more points, 
So break even in the trenches, break even in the turnover. I think we win the game. Um, Justin, yes, there will be Bucks talk on Wednesday. Um, we did our Bucks primer actually right before the game on Thursday. So um, we talked about that. But yes, there will be Bucks talk this coming Wednesday as well. Also, <clears> and, my and every Wednesday until the NBA finals are over and the Bucks are hoisting another trophy. Hell yeah. Um, then we're, we're going to have another celebration episode, baby. I love that. That was yes. awesome. <clears throat> um, my key to victory is to stick with what's working. Um, and I really want to hammer this home because we've seen games where the run works. We've seen games where the short pass has been effective. And then the game switches to, well, we're just trying to take what the defense gives us. I don't care what the defense is giving you. Stick with what's working for you instead of trying to let the defense dictate what you're doing. If the defense is like showing a single high safety, that doesn't mean you have to take a deep shot. You don't have to. Nobody's telling you you have to do that. If you are continually hitting eight-yard slant routes, wide receiver screens, and pitches to the running backs or Robert Tunyon. Like, you know, Alan Lazard is a guy who's kind of like perfected the uh, like the quick slant fall down at the sticks catch. There's nothing wrong with that play. There's nothing wrong with getting first downs, getting a fresh set of downs. You don't have to just wait and see how the defense lines up and then decide what you're going to do. I get there's a there's a thought process of trying to take advantage of the defense, but don't do it to the point where you let them dictate what plays you're calling. So stick with what's working is my key to victory. Um, let's get into we'll get into some Simon says. Brian probably has like sixty nine of them this week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how many do you guys have? I have one. I only did one. I have one as well. So well, Brian, give two of yours, and then Jake and I'll go, and then you can give another one. I have a joke one. I have a, a bold prediction that Aaron Rod. This isn't one, but I just thought of this. Aaron Rodgers won't take a sack when they're in field goal position. He does it every game. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Let's no, go. So the first one is, Let's go. Um, <laughs> so, need that one. So, That's a yeah. good one. <laughs> That's funny. And I know you all thought of me as soon as he did that this last game. You had to have because I was just like, oh, I'm so sick of yeah. that. Yep. Um, I'm like, oh, God, Brian probably just broke a vase at his house. <laughs> so my first one is, which is, this is kind of sad because there's some quarterbacks that do this weekly, but this is, I think Rodgers has his first 300-yard passing game, three-touchdown type game. So 300 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, man. Isn't it sad that that's like <laughs> a thing? <laughs> So, so I think the average for Allen. Oh man! <sighs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I, I okay. think the opportunity is there, and I feel like it sucks because I like I like watching some of the plays from this offense, and you're like, yes, this is awesome. This is what we need to see more. And then there's a whole half where they just crap the bed, and you're like, how? It's like, hey, you guys. I, um, I, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> um, it, Jesus. If it was, um, if it was Tyler says, I feel like I'd say no on the yards, yes on the touchdowns. That's I all. Agree I agree with that. I agree with that. So, and to go with along with that one, kind of who I was, um, and to go along with the matchup I was watching, I have Romeo Dobbs goes for his first hundred yard career hundred career hundred yard game. He goes for eight mm. with a hundred yards and a touchdown. Ooh. 
I would love that. Yeah, I would love that. I'm going to say say no. I I feel like with the emergence of Tunyon and I I feel like Lazard's opportunities are also going to be there. It's going to be tough for Romeo to get that kind of opportunity. But, yeah, I would more than love that. We got to hit him on a deep shot eventually. It's been a wide open for him for a couple times. uh, Yeah, so that is the thing that we kind of just – I mean, maybe we touched on a little bit. The opportunities for deep balls are there. But there were there were times time where the throws looked off, and I feel like there were. And I hate doing this, but I feel like getting held. Lazard was like his jersey was getting grabbed so much where the ball yeah. was like one or two yards over his head. Where if he didn't get, if his jersey didn't get tugged, that was a catch. I, I feel like how, that. Yeah. What? You know that's how Christian Watson got hurt, right? The floor came out and said he got pulled on a rug. Christian Watson yeah. got hurt. Because oh, he got really? I, I didn't see yeah. that. And and that I feel like I, I don't want to be blaming the rest, but I don't. I swear we see that our wide receivers getting pulled so many times a game, and I'm just like, are we doing it to them too, and we're just not seeing it? Yeah. Or that's all I'm wondering. Are was we letting that stuff go? That had like his his jersey pulled. Yeah. Like I know there was one where the where the guy had his hands on like on his letters on the back of his jersey. But yeah. there was no, one, there was one where, where it was like, like I had the handful of the bottom yeah. of his jersey too. That was yeah, and that like was half, I think. I think yeah. that was Lazard yep. too. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, I, I hate blaming the refs, but seeing stuff like that makes me believe that the the opportunity and the execution is there. So, That's like, fair. I know we complain. A lot of people complain about Rogers' deep balls and stuff, but I think it's getting better. As the week's cause for optimism, I, I think, yeah, th- yeah, yeah, that's why that's a good way to put it. There's cause for optimism when I see stuff like that, where I'm like, okay, the offense can definitely execute a play like this. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe it does happen. I, I'm cool with a you know, eight, eight for a hundred and a touchdown. <clears throat> my, my only Simon says this week is that Aaron Jones has 175 scrimmage yards. No, <laughs> no, nah, not a chance. <laughs> I don't. So I was gonna, I was gonna do one for Aaron Jones, but I was gonna be a little bit more conservative. Hey, hey which one? Was, the Panthers have a very leaky run defense. They and do. Then if they can, like, if we're looking at no Sammy Watkins, and say for some reason Samari Touré is not active, and they go into this game with Lazard, um, Amari Rogers, Juwan Winfrey, and Romeo Dobbs as the wide receivers. Like Aaron Jones has to get some passing game work eventually. What do you think is more likely, Simon? Aaron Jones goes for 175 or has less than 15 touches? 15 touches. Yeah. That's upsetting. So sad, dude. It's so sad. I I do think there's opportunity for Jones to have a big game this. Yeah, it's opportunity. Um. And then I, my only one was uh, Tanyan. He has another good game, and he has over seventy-five yards catching. He follows up with yards. a solid, with a yeah. solid performance. I think okay, hang on, I got, I got an over under for you. Yeah. Got an over under for you. <clears throat> over or under three sacks for Washington? Damn. <laughs> I put it at three on purpose because I put it at two. That's easy as fuck. Three yeah. is tough. Three is tough. tough. Damn, I'm gonna say under. I, I'm gonna be optimistic on this one. I, said, I, I said say we give two. up two. <laughs> I we say we give over, up two. 
my 65 inch TV is going to be really curved. Yeah. It's already it's already made curved. It's going to be your really wife's going to buy you, or sorry, your girlfriend's going to buy you a muzzle. Simon's going to Simon's going to see the offensive Great lineman, jacket. the starting offensive lineman running on the field and see number whatever the hell is number 70. I should know. I can't see his number ever. So he's always laying on the ground. Yeah. So he's going to see him yeah. running out there. I knew that's where I was going. <laughs> so and then just give up. So my la- my last Simon says is that both Stokes and Douglas have their first interception of the season. Ooh. That both? That's both. T- I want two. No. We we have not had I two interceptions. Well, we've only had one interception all year. We're having I, two interceptions I, this game, damn it. I, okay. I say yeah. good. Heineke turns the ball over a lot, so I actually yeah. like that. I like that. Hey, and if, if we can tie it into the matchup that I'm watching of Quay Walker potentially spying Heineke and keeping him behind the line of scrimmage. I I like that one, Brian. That last one was a good one. Yeah. If, you're, if your double one becomes true, I'm going to be really pissed I just turned on a trade in fantasy football because <laughs> it involved one of the dubs. <laughs> All right, um, so – Getting into our score predictions, I got mad because John before brought his score prediction up, and he said yeah, Packers 24-17. For my score prediction from the head, I have Packers 24-17. Um, so, Simon, what's your score prediction from the head? I got 23-13. All right, Jake, what's yours from the head? 20-15. to 20-15, all right. Bryant, what about you? 20-14. to 20-14, look at us. Look at us all... Bunched up close together. All right. So uh, for my hard prediction, points. mine's honestly not far off from what my head prediction was. Um, from the heart, I said 28 to 16. Uh, one touchdown and three field goals for the commanders. Um, Simon, what about you? 27-10. I, f- oh. I feel like that I, I did I did have a couple of stats that I didn't drop earlier. I deleted them, but the Washington's offense is trash. It's fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they're so like, and banged up. They they yeah, only have ninety five rush yards a game. They're fucking garbage yeah. on offense. <laughs> and no wonder so, they started Brian Robinson right away. Yeah. All right, Jake, give me your score pick from the heart. Simon, you were close, but I have thirty to ten. Damn. All right. All right, Brian. All right. And I had thirty to thirteen. I feel like this could. I just want us to th- score thirty once. Yeah, me too. I seen a team. I was wa- dude. I was watching uh I was watching something earlier, and it's like this team. Who I can't remember what team they're talking about, but they're sixth in the league in points, and their their point per game average is over thirty. And I was just like, and they're sixth in the league, and I was just like, we haven't scored thirty once. That hurts. Like, oof. And I will say about uh, at Washington's offense in the last four games, they've only scored to- more than ten points once. They had 10, oh, 3, and 7, and, then, and they had 17 points the one time. So, yeah, so Yikes. out of the last four games, they've, they've had more than 10 points once. Oh. Okay. All righty. Well, hopefully we have uh, – That might be wrong. A little bit more of a fun recap they scored 12, next but... Friday. Yeah, it was 12. Uh, that was one of the garbage Thursday night football games. Um, yeah, is there, me, but either way, they haven't scored a lot, yeah. Um, and that was with Carson Wentz, who is arguably a more talented thrower of the ball. Um, <clears throat> is there anything else you guys want to throw out there? Go back, go. Nope, ready for bed for I've sure. Been up since 3 30. Goddamn kids. 
No, let's I'll just get you. If there if there's an opportunity right. for well, a, Bryant, have fun unquote, at the game. I will. Yeah. And if there's an opportunity for a quote unquote get right game, I feel I don't want to say it's a must win. It's too early to say that. But if we don't pull this one out, we're going to be in rough shape because that I, that turns Buffalo into a game we probably need to win. And that's yeah, much better getting this. Yeah, one. going going yeah. three. I'd rather get this one, one and then be able to make a statement game out of Buffalo than the other. Yeah, and we can still make a statement even if it ends up being a game like where we lose by a field goal, like in Kansas City or whatever. So. Right, I agree. All right, well, I'll talk to you guys probably on Sunday then. Yeah. All righty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.